Let's get uh, moving on to this preview, Terry. It's time to partner with Betfair and preview Magic Millions Day at Pinjarra. We're recording the 1-1, your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just after 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 4th of February. Please check the Chris website for all the latest on changes to the upcoming schedule. But we can say that the Narragin Sunday meeting, this is minus the Narragin Cup, will now be run at Ascot on Sunday with replacement Albany and Geraldton meetings coming up on Monday and Tuesday, respectively. Have you seen the forecast? Mm, wet? Oh, very wet, 10 to 30. Is that right? Yeah, so it'll uh, a Narragin, a Narragin meeting at Ascot, 10 to 30. I think that's where we shine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Cannot wait. I think there's some 46-plus handicaps there that we can sink yeah. our teeth into. <laughs> so, wow, this uh, this could get this could get uh, fascinating on a wet mm. ascot on Sunday. But, um, geez, that would top off a interesting week. Um, torrential rain on the weekend after after uh, bushfires and everything else that's been going on. So, it's uh, it's all happening over here on the west coast. It certainly is. And BJ, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Bit of housekeeping, Terry. If you'd like to read my pre-markets preview, the leg up. Gee, it was a, it was, it was a hard slog getting through marathon. the leg up yesterday. It was a marathon, mm. all right. Um, if you want to read the leg up anyway, jump on to bestbets.com.au and or the Ozrace website. The leg up's been out since 7 a.m. this morning. While two of the very, very best, Terry Layton, Daniel Cripps, they'll be teaming up for the Wild West video preview, which available on the Betfair hub. That's betfair.com.au. Also, the 1-1 one, one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review, Mr. Ryan. Let's get cracking, Terry. So it's Magic Millions Race Day, 10 events, absolute thumping day um, in the Peel region of Western Australia. A good four, but there might be a few showers later in the day. Rail back in the true, Terry. Pinjarra has been a very happy hunting ground for you this season thus far. What insight can you provide the listeners onto how you expect the track to play on Saturday? Well, first of all, old uh, Jeffy Newman, whoever is updating the bomb website these days, hasn't given us uh, hasn't given us much of a uh, much clarity. Zero to eight millimeters means it might rain. It uh, might piss down. It also may not rain at all. So um, I think we're probably best just allowing for. Uh, some rain beginning at about 11 o'clock, but if there hasn't been rain prior to the meeting, the track shouldn't be too affected. So um, I'm just going to allow for a completely fair track. It's going to be only 25 degrees and so not too hot a day. The track's played really nicely all season. Um, I'm of the opinion on the 14th of January that the rail played off, the inside plaid played a little bit off, but that's... Um, that's open to conjecture, um, that particular theory is. But the rail goes back to true here, and the two times they've raced at the true this season, um, it's been um, it's been spot on fair. So let's allow for a fair track. But there's a couple of wet trackers throughout the uh, the meeting who actually already don't mind, and um, will probably only get only will get keener on those runners if um, the precipitation does uh, eventuate. Okay, we'll cover that in due course, no doubt. So we kick things off with a. Maiden, 
Here we go. A straight, go. a straight one thousand meter maiden at Pinjo. This is the high gain maiden. The uh, the day commences early start eleven forty eight a.m. Just a reminder that we're assuming the meeting going ahead, and it will be, if it does go ahead, it will be without crowds. Is that what your is that what your mail yep. is, Terry? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yep, definitely yep. without crowds, so it'll be participants um, only. And uh, yeah, we kick things off down the straight thousand, Terry. What um what what do you what do you what can we can we get off to a flyer here or what? Well, the fact that we know crowds here, we can ride off the horses that are the show ponies because uh, <laughs> they they won't be overly interested in performing in front of empty stands. But um yeah, I actually don't mind. This is the start to the day. Uh, it's it's a very obviously a pretty uh, pretty unique start to the day. Uh, the key thing with the straight races this season, obviously most seasons, but this season it seems more prominent than ever. Um, I think I spoke about this last week. Was the outside fence is really really uh, the place to be? It's worth panels. Um, the middle the middle of the surface i've got it down as neg five lengths but it really could be even um it could be even worse than that once your horse starts paddling down the center of the service you're you're completely cooked um i think you'll find in this race that most of the support will be around talon who went super last time in behind i hope you dance um back to his home track at pinjara he'll be suited but it's his first go down the straight so one of my rules down the straight is I'm not too keen on taking the shorts about a horse first time down the straight, especially one like Talon. He's a, not a bad horse, but he's, he's no superstar. Um, Pikey and the Pierces combined with Super Love. That'll be well in the market. Drawn nine. So, again, has drawn well for the straight race. Thought the trial was only fair, but previous form is good enough to be very competitive here. And uh, I think she has to be hard to beat. But, again, I'm not going to take the shorts about a horse first time down the straight. Uh, and then the third horse in the market is Wise Cracker, who uh, actually finished ahead of Elite Street in May of this year, BJ. So uh, that, that form doesn't... Uh, Behind the too. mighty mirth and music. Mirth, mirth and music. What a, uh, yeah, and Elite Street didn't didn't run a hole that day. So uh, incredible, incredible stuff. But um, yeah, Wisecracker's drawn the four. No trial. And again, five, six bucks. It's just not um, not the type of price or type of bet I look for in these type of races. But uh, I think we might have found one at a little bit of a price here. Here we BJ. go. Here we go. Just a little bit of a price. I think we're going to actually wait for Betfair because I don't think the 20 odd bucks is going to be your, your peak number either. So there's a horse in this called Storm Thief. Um, Brett Pope, so locally trained. We always like a locally trained galloper, don't we, BJ? Stable um, mate of the favourite, Talon. It is stable mate of the favourite, exactly right. Um, so if we go back, and this is a this is a little bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I think you need I think you need have a little bit of a stretch uh, down down the straight at a thousand. I said I reckon this will trade at forty bucks plus, so we don't need to have much on here. Um, if you go back to uh, his trial in March of uh, 2020. Uh, he trialed in third behind Igarashi and Aberdeen Queen, uh, arguably a better trial than the pair of them. Um, obviously, those two horses, especially Aberdeen Queen, have gone on to make that form look pretty good. He then, BJ, now this is this is probably the key bit of information. He then went down the Lark Hill, and you know how they tri- uh, they trial down at the straight at the back? Yes. So he went and trialed down the straight. So this is proof that he can go on a straight line for the uh, 1,000 metres or 950 metres of that trial. Um, and he's beat Expressionist under a pretty good hold. He trialed like a rocket. Hateman. He trialed like an absolute rocket. He's mm-hmm. come out first up. He's come out first up and started a clear third favourite behind Giant Leap and beat the bro. Um, a clear, clear third favourite. Wisecracker, who's in this race, was um, was longer in the markets than he was that day. He didn't go so well. Uh, he, he just he plotted away to the line. Um, they quickly got him up to a staying journey. And I, I'm under the impression he was beaten 
11 uh, and 21 at his last two before a spell. I'm under the impression that he's probably not a stayer. Let's look at his best performances. Let's, I, I just I just think what, that was what probably gives you, little, What gives you that idea, Terry? <laughs> it's just just an inkling I have, just, just a feeling. I, I can't quite quantify that one, BJ. But uh, look, back down here to the straight fresh. If you look at those two trials, those two trials probably start him close to favourite here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. He might not be able to walk, but um, I'm happy having something on Storm Thief. And I don't think this is one that the uh, the data punters or anything of that nature will find. So I can't imagine there being any type of real money for Storm Thief. Uh, so, yeah, look for some cricket score odds like. This is why you are the guru, mate, going very deep to find some value in the, uh, in the high gain maiden to kick things off on Magic Millions race day. For the leg up, I just went pretty safe. I thought that uh, first up, super love from drawing the right side of the of the track. Thought it's uh, got a good workout in its lead up barrier trial recently with Chris Graham in the saddle. William Pike goes on. I think um, I think he's just gonna get a maybe tuck in and get a nice little bit of cover going down the straight the uh the first time i think super love is going to be able to be produced at the right time probably going to look the winner at some stage i'd be very surprised if she doesn't finish top three ticks ticks quite a few boxes not super confident or anything of that nature terry just having a look at the current prices five dollars is is um is okay for a pike pierce brothers horse drawn the right side of the track hasn't done a lot wrong in her three outings thus far I think that was um, going to be a pretty good form reference, that Larkhill My Hidden Journey January 25 trial. I thought the time was there and there's going to be a bit coming out of that. So Super Love's going to give you uh, going to give you a run for your money. At um, You could probably go each way, $5 and $2 at the moment. I think, um, think she is the uh, safe way to play the opening event. And I just... I just thought that its tiff could be a bit of value. Mm. Has some um, straight thousand meter form. At Pinjara is probably going to begin well. Be hard up on the fence leading up the field with Chris Graham claiming two. It's going to be in the right spot. Has track and distance form. Was probably in the wrong part of the track in that imprudent race last start. Um, yeah, in, uh, currently fourteen dollars. I expect to be a bit longer perhaps on the day. So for me, I think it's going to be the safe way to go is Super Love, but I wouldn't be surprised to see its Tiff run a race at a price. Yes, it's Tiff's the second bet, actually, BJ. You're a bang on there. If you actually chuck uh, that last run uh, where she drew barrier one down the straight, if you chuck her out to barrier nine and put her on the fence, she probably wins that race. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's what the difference is. So, and that's um, where she's going to be on Saturday, yeah? Exactly right. She should just be leading him hard on the fence here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty keen. She's got the two kilos off, just the 54. It's funny. You look at her last three gates. She's drawn 2-1-1 this yeah. campaign down the straight, and you think, oh, that's, you know, that's a pretty good um, – that's a pretty good draw so far this campaign, but they're, they're the three worst gates she could have. Uh, basically, she could have got. So um, yeah, I think we can. Uh, I think we can speculate on its tips as well. It'll be interesting to see what the what the money does um, uh, for a couple of these because I do expect Super Love to start pretty close to favourite as well. So um, Storm Faith and a Storm Thief, sorry, and uh, a little bit on its tip for me at both at big prices. Okay, so when I. Moved on to race two yesterday. Mm. I felt like I got hit with a sledgehammer because I thought if this what if this is what Magic Moon's race day is going to be like, then we're going to be in for a hard slog in front of the computer. Well, um, this two thousand meter graduation handicap 14, 14 plus four emergencies. It's um it's got a 
massive weight spread with a 62.5 top weight, 54.5 minimum. Uh, gee whiz, there's a lot of horses putting up their putting up their hands as genuine winning chances here, Terry. Um, yeah. There's a bit yeah. happening here, Terry. I, I thought the, the interesting part of the race was probably going to be who's going to lead. Um, that was yeah. that was something that I was sort of struggling with um, when I was doing my speed map as there's no real genuine leader and I thought maybe Mitchell Pateman on uh, our idol might take up the uh, the ghost and head forward from a high draw. Yeah, that's the first thing I wanted to discuss as well, BJ, was the map. It's um, ever since we've had Scotty Embry on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we're always trying to uh, pick up little nuances and learn and hearing Scotty talk about um, – just lacking confidence either in deciphering a race with a lack of speed or following the form from a race with a lack of speed. This, this is the major issue for me with punting on this race. I can't accurately determine or accurately predict uh, or confidently predict, I should say, um, how this race will be run. I'm expecting our idol, as you said, to roll forward. They'll, they'll do a map themselves. They'll say they got the opportunity to uh, go forward. Carleen Heffel goes on Mexicola, big lumping type of lad. Uh, I don't know how quick he is out the gates, but I reckon that appointment might be to be a little bit more aggressive uh, on that fella and potentially go forward. Um, we saw Baron Magic make a mid-race move. I think if Peter Hall can stoke him up, he actually jumped pretty well last start. It's not impossible. He rolls forward, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways this speed map could go. A few of those drawn wide um, might want to land closer to the speed. Pam Bella might want to get a spot, doesn't get a spot, ends up having to continue to roll forward and lead or breeze. So this is a, uh, a sticky old map and a race where you probably don't want to try and analyze um, the speed map all too much. Uh, I, I don't have any really strong thoughts here. I'm, I'm of the opinion Aberdeen Queen isn't going to be a 2,000-meter horse. Um, okay. Her class might just about win her this race, but um, I, I think she's going to be about a 1,400-meter uh, horse where you can see that uh, electric turn of foot she has. So I'm looking willing to look around Aberdeen Queen here. Uh, I don't think ATM... I don't think beat the bell. I don't think those two runners are going to stay. Um, again, they're two horses who I think their strength is sitting and sprinting um, probably at a max trip of the mile. So I don't think either of them get the 2,000. Look, I, I'm very boringly just going to land on Cousin Ivan, sort of out of default to some degree. Um, I've marked him four bucks. So he's basically bang on the price I've marked him. So he's not a bet for me. Just at this point in time, does have to carry the grandstand, but um Pikey will be patient midfield from barrier four. One thing I really like about Holly Taylor and she's shown with a small team is she can get her horses up to, uh, up to a staying trip and successful at a staying trip pretty quickly. Cousin Ivan won the Aquanita uh, third up and uh, last campaign burning pride mm. BJ. She did a good um, job with burning pride. Yeah. She did. Yeah. Mm. Second up, I think winning over 2000 or stiff not to win over 2000 second up. So um, I always like to note it's a bit of a Darren McCaller thing, getting horses uh, up and rolling at the staying trip. Um, without having to really build up that fitness base because they're obviously doing so at home. So Cousin Dime for me, the horse I've been waiting for and I was really hoping it was going to be over the mile is Avalon Bay. Mm. Um, he has had absolutely no luck for uh, for Robbie Harvey uh, at his last couple. Uh, Vicky Corva looked like she was going to go close both times and got chopped out in the straight on both occasions. Um, if he gets the 2,000 metres, um, I reckon he's going to be really hard to hold out here, BJ. But... Gee whiz, you could make a case for uh, the majority of the field. Uh, I'm just going to look at, uh, see if we can get $4.50 plus Cousin Ivan and the 20 bucks Avalon Bay. Little uh, little play on those two, but um, no, not overly enthusiastic here, Bernard. Yeah, well, it does look, again, um, the safe play does look Cousin Ivan and William Pike 
uh, in race two of the day. The 61.5 is offset by the draw, isn't it, Terry? Like in, in he's, Soft. Yeah, and he's you, you know what um, that pike is just going to conserve and no one is better at knowing how much fuel is left in the tank. So he um, he's going to conserve, enjoy an economical run. And um, I just I think it, just imagine that it's just going to be galloping room. He just won't want to get held up or pratted. That's the biggest issue with weight is um, is it's important just to have that uninterrupted flow, that momentum into the race. And Pikey will be well aware of that. And I'm sure I'm sure when three wide lines form and uh, maybe even four wide lines form that pikey will be will be rolling into the race with momentum and you look across and it's like 61.5 is a lot of weight but a lot of the other horses are up in the weights as well terry like mm-hmm. um yeah exactly right like avalon bay's got 59 aberdeen queen is a mare so effectively she's got the same weight as cousin ivan um, because she gets the the two kilos off and uh, they're not claiming with her either so war last start winner in this grade rises to 59 I mean, yeah, basically all the other chances are 58 and above. So it's not as if there's a there's a horse that's getting a huge uh, weight swing against um, Cousin Ivan. And just with Pike on the soft draw, right, rising to the uh, the 2,000 metres third up, just looks like a real quality star in the making. I just feel as though Cousin Ivan is just going to find a way to grind this out and and, uh, and get the win, Terry. Yes, yes, I'm uh, I'm with you. Uh, the soft draw definitely um, does offset the weight. Uh, I actually spoke to uh, – I was going in the mountain yard to um, uh, before Dig Deep's last run. It was just after Cousin Ivan ran, and um, I actually had a chat to Pikey, and he, he said he got flushed a bit early, and he, he didn't think it was his best last year on Cousin Ivan. That was when Zatorio, uh, tipped by Travis Murray as well, actually. Zatorio. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't fit the, the rising star criteria. Otherwise, he <laughs> might have been one we could have had in the uh, the competition. He's uh, he's a st- he's was- a star in his own right, Travis Murray. He, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He certainly is. Um, but yeah, he was just flushed a little bit early. So I'm always worried. And I don't really want to chime in too heavily um, with the 61 and a half. If I saw a five bucks, I'd feel more comfortable about having a, a reasonable little go. But um, I you run this race twenty times, you get different races. Exactly. Different yeah. I priced for what it's worth, I priced cousin Ivan four fifty. I think that was uh that's um worth dipping in. And obviously there's a whole heap of ch- whole heap of other chances and um maybe the only the only thing that you could you, you sort of mentioned that Mexicola with Carlene Heffel was probably Drops three kilos already, then drops another three kilos with her claim. So I suppose you could, you know, from a weight point of view, fitter rolling forward the sta- uh, stable mate of Aberdeen Queen, you can maybe make a lightweight case for Mexicola. But for me, I think this is a cousin Ivan Aberdeen Queen type situation. So they look the two uh, class runners, and I reckon they're going to probably fight out the finish. Yep, cousin Ivan for me, a bit of value Avalon Bay if you want to chase one each way, hoping he can stay. All right, race three is the BNL contracting handicap. Another wide open handicap. The uh, the market, story of the day. Yeah, the market has been has been very interesting and sort of um, I guess mirrors mine to an extent. I think I was five dollars the field, Terry, or maybe even five fifty the field. I'll double check. Mm-hmm. What um, what was your what did your market look like for this one? Uh, well, again, from a speed map point of view, it's uh, it's good being able to do this uh, remote. The one positive, obviously, about me, apart from Missing you is a major negative, BJ. But uh, the one positive <laughs> is being able to actually go through my notes properly uh, on my large screen in front of me as we do this. But um, from a speed map point of view here, 
Uh, Whack and Tanker uh, will try and kick up and hold the front. Uh, Peppy Jack, to me, and correct me if you uh, disagree, I think Peppy Jack looks the only uh, challenger uh, for a spot in the top two. So I think Whack and Tanker either ends up leading or um, Whack and Tanker isn't the quickest horse out of the gate. So if Peppy Jack might be out across, but um, Peppy Jack, Half the time actually does prefer to sit outside of horses. It looks like she's a real fighter. Yeah. Um, he, he is a real fighter. Um, sorry. So I, uh, I'm expecting those two to take it up and there isn't a great deal of pressure from there. Um, Stella Ann from nine with the blinkers on will be ridden more aggressively, but might get caught deep. Uncle Dick showed gate speed in a recent trial, but is likely just to hold up, uh, leaders back, maybe three back defense pending what else jumps in between them. But Look, I, I just think there's not enough in this race to look outside of Peppy Jack um, and, and the mapped horse here. Mm. Um, Peppy Jack to me is a horse who reached his mark. Um, he won the class five on the 13th of December, knocking off Beret. He then came out and won the Mandra Cup. So he's gone bang, bang, and he's picked up eight points or the equivalent of four kilos. What I find very, very interesting with Peppy Jack, and it actually quite surprised me, is in his last 21 starts, BJ, They've never claimed on Peppy Jack. So I reckon Peppy Jack reached his mark as the non-claimer. They're now using the three kilos or the equivalent of six points and taking him back under his mark, if that makes sense, BJ. So I think they're going to roll forward. I think you're losing nothing, McNaught, to Heffel on a horse that's going to lead or sit in the breeze. I think yeah. horses are running brilliantly for Carleen at the moment. So I think this is what I like to call a free three kilos. Um, you know, he's been up for, I think he's been up for about 12 months, Peppy Jack. So bound to pop at some stage, but um, trying to trying to predict him popping is, is completely unnecessary because he's uh, he's racing super at the moment. Uh, he's only numerically bad run in his last five or in his, even longer than that. Uh, was in the Fitzpatrick. A, he dropped back 1,200. B, he missed the kick. And C, he was huge hitting the line yeah. that day. So, yeah. um, look, I've marked and, – and the fact that there's the potential for rain to come around, and we know that Peppy Jack's a far better swimmer, Ticks a lot of boxes. He's three from seven at Pinjari. Ticks to me, PNRC ticks basically every box that I'm looking for here. So um, I, I've marked Peppy Jack $3.70. So at around $5.50, BJ, um, I've got no issues having a, uh, a pretty confident bet on uh, on Peppy. Got a bit of pep in my step. Yeah, you're right about Carlene, uh, especially on these horses rolling forward. Uh, yeah, Peppy Jack's either, as you mentioned in your spiel, he's either going to lead Cross Whack and Tanker or Whack and Tanker is going to kick up and try and hold the lead and Peppy Jack is going to breeze and and he's a pretty good breeze horse, Peppy Jack. It was interesting the other day when he was pressured prior to the turn, he looked like he was going to drop out and run last and somehow he um, he kept fighting on and I think he was only beaten just just shy of a length and a half behind Be Quick. Um, it was a funny old run, wasn't he? Just sort of, um, sort of, yeah, just sort of didn't corner all that well. Got must might have got on the wrong leg or something. But um, I think he felt the fifty nine as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he felt the fifty nine a little bit. So and that was uh, and that I was Carlene on um, be quick. That was serving it up to Peppy Jack as well. And uh, it certainly so, was. Yeah. So yeah, three from five at the track distance. Peppy Jack is um, obviously a, a genuine winning chance. I ended up going for the hometown Brett Pope. Returning to, I think, might have been last year's Pinjara Magic Moons Day. I think, but between us, between us, we tipped Brett Pope to train the card. Mm. But oh. uh, <laughs> I don't that think he had, well. I don't think he had one winner. But um, I, I quite like Fire Sale in this race. I um, I don't think he had a place getter. I don't think he did. You're right. 
You're right. Danny George, fire yeah. sale, the maiden. I hope you I dance. Hope you dance. Yeah. This is all from the top of my head. But yeah, yeah. I reckon he had four or five favorites and yeah. may not have ran a place. Yeah. I think you're right. It might not have been Tough this day. meeting or it might have been the the post Perth Cup Pinjarra Saturday meeting. But um mm. but yes. So Getting back to Brett Pope, he, he does have a very good record at his home track, understandably, of Pinjarra. I thought Fire Sale, very stiff not to win in, in this graduation company. What was that? Two starts ago. There was a few horses who were in the same boat in that no surrender race, but um, he then came out, made amends with a midweek victory, Mitchell Pateman over the mile. I, um, so it's been 17 days since that win. I feel as though Mitchell Pateman's going to land midfield with a bit of cover, rolling into the race, fanning into the middle of the track. Firesale has won both of his last two appearances at Pinjarra. He um, he has a he has a strong Pinjarra 1400 meter profile, and I feel as though Firesale um, has the closing speed to maybe gun down a horse like. Peppy Jack late. Um, there's a few horses that you could throw a blanket across. Uncle Dick's a very interesting runner. His trial form was absolutely legless, but he was very heavily backed when he won on debut. He won again. He was beaten a lip uh, third up, and then he was pretty brave in that Aquanita Stakes won by Cousin Ivan before a spell. I thought his trial behind a horse that we're going to be talking about at length later in the program, Indigo Blue at Lark Hill on the 25th of January, uh, was excellent. So he's going to be a fascination. First up for Lindsay Smith and Paul Harvey, gate one. The market's going to tell a real story about Uncle Dick, I, I, I imagine. However, in saying that, Excellent Dream was out the door last Saturday, Terry, from a market point of view. Um, 18 bucks. It was 18 bucks, was it? On, 18 bet fair SP, yeah. Uh, and um, one, uh, one was a really strong victory. I, I don't even think it got in, actually. I think it was three wide the entire and, and still found a way to win. But... Follow the market leads with Uncle Dick first up. Um, could be a could be a horse with um, with significant upside. And what what do you what can you do with Boga? I'm happy to oppose him. He he might win, yeah. but he can win without me. And um, what about Moses? Is racing really well. Maps to get the run of the race as well. I just reckon Moses might killer lack, blow. A, lack a bit of a um, killer blow. Yeah, a bit of killer instinct yeah. there. But he's going to run run well regardless. But for me, I just feel as though midfield cover. Tracking, fanning, fire sale has the has the gate speed on his home deck to um to to launch late. Does love his home deck, doesn't he? Old uh, old fire sale um, definitely finds a length or two there. Ten dollars, um, very- ten dollars in a wide yeah, open. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I must admit, I've already chopped on fire sale this morning. Yep. Um, basically just back to get what I will invest on Peppy Jack back because I've got fire sale closer to seven fifty. Um. But yeah, Uncle Dick's the hardest horse in this market to place um, because I mean, he's one that could start three dollars twenty, and he could start twelve, thirteen bucks on the exchange late. So, do you um, think? I, do you think they'll lead on Mickey Blue Eyes again, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I think Mickey Blue Eyes probably isn't impossible either. When they ride him cold and he repeats that first up effort, uh, you got to remember he started about three dollars sixty last yep. start to the chagrin. All the people that took the 10 bucks on Green Tab and then watched him lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's another one that I reckon a few punters will come 
come towards uh, on that first up effort. And you, you've got to be happy to put a line through that second up outing. So, um, but for me, BJ, I, I'm really keen Peppy Jack. Uh, I love a map horse. I love the claim. Mm. I love the fact we might see some rain. I love the fact he loves Pinjara. For me, he ticks every single box I'm looking for um, to have a good bet. And there's a bit of meat on him at five fifty six bucks. I think we can, um, yeah, I think we can get a collect here. Very good. I'm with Fire Sale, uh, Brett Pope, Mitchell Pateman, and the another fascinating runner before we move on is Paris. St. George. I don't know what's going on with him. His first two runs have been poor, but his best is uh, is very good and um, be interesting to see if David Harrison can turn him around. Looking to see a bit more from him moving forward as his pro, uh, preparation progresses. Yeah, the biggest concern with uh, Paris and George for me was Harvey didn't even really sit up on him that much last start. He continued to ride him out to the line. He was mm. still beaten over 10. So blinkers off. And I hate when the blinkers go off a horse that has his best form with the blinkers on. To me, they're just out of options. He's just it's, not going that well this prep. But it's, uh, he's, it's I've funny, got him on He's probably the best horse in there. He's probably yeah. the best horse in the race. It's funny, though. That there have been a few David Harrison runners lately who have been in the market who have been beaten huge margins. So a um, couple of two-year-olds. Um, and uh, a few other so and then so it's been a very hard stable to get get a guide on lately. I think Harrison. So um, maybe there's uh, I know there has been some some viruses going through some stables at at various various stages. So maybe Power of St George is um, has been a victim to something of that. I'm just speculating, but his 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 two runs this prep have, have been well below what we expect of him, and um, a couple of short priced two year olds as well have have performed poorly from this from the same yard. So interesting to see if um, if the Harrison Yard can click into gear. Because they do love a Magic Millions race day at uh, Bridge Patrol um, Stables. So um, I think it's time we move forward on to race four, Terry. Yes, race number four. Another special. It's just special after special. I'll tell you what, I haven't been excited about a Saturday meeting for a while. And uh, I had a feeling when we, we came back to Pinjara, mm-hmm. when we came back to Pinjara, that uh, there'd be. Uh, It'd be a couple that we like, and there's a bit of meat on the bones of some of these prices. So this we're, is we're pretty. This is what Saturday racing should be, shouldn't it? Like this oh, is this, this is, is premium stuff going on here. Right? It's great, it's just tremendous. Yeah, it'd be it's, if if we could uh, if we could um, roll out this this type of action week in week out on Saturdays, then WA racing would be absolute punters' paradise. If it isn't already, just want to bottle this and. Uh, and just serve it up week after week. But anyway, race four, the Pierce Racing Yearling Parade, 21st of February. We had the sales uh, in a week and a half's time. I think we're trying to jag a table with Luke and probably spend more money that I don't have on a couple of four-leggers. But um, Pause, pause. How many horses How many horses are you involved in at the moment, Terry? Uh, I have a spreadsheet somewhere. I think it's I think it's eleven or twelve. Oof. So um, we've just bought uh, we've just bought Cripper. We got Cripper involved in a horse. Cripper's he was actually the one leading the charge. And a few are pretty a few likely lads. Chrissy Nelson from Punter, Dane Hollingworth's involved. Uh, we've just bought um, what do we got? Thirty percent of thirty about thirty percent of Fair Justice. Uh, from Graham Yule. So we'll have another one to talk about. And do you know what the funny thing is? The last time Fair Justice ran, do you know who it beat? New ad, brave. New ad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that form holds up, to be honest with you. So, and you got Cripper um, involved in a horse. Well, he, no, he got me involved. Oh, in wow. Because he's obviously the Yules and the, the Crips is obviously quite close and there was a share available and um, we thought it was pretty good shopping. So, um, yeah, we've jumped in. Graham's got a big opinion of the horse and Graham's a very good trainer. He obviously just has a small team. So we're, um, yeah, pretty excited. Hopefully Bunbury Cup Day, BJ, might be the day we debut. That's a, that's a speculative day for now, but we're looking at Bunbury Cup potentially. So anyway, 
moving on, we can talk about him in a few weeks' time. Mm. Um, 1,400 metres here. Uh, the very interesting little 60-plus. I reckon this will be another race full of um, varying opinions. Obviously, a lot of people will be pretty keen on Giant Leap uh, up to the 1,400. One, Lactar's one go on Giant Leap. He sat deep the trip uh, and won like winks, albeit <laughs> Sure did. Albeit, <laughs> he beat absolutely. He beat absolutely nothing that day, but it was still a fairly uh, authoritative victory uh, on a wet track as well, which is important to note. Uh, beat the Bros, always a horse popular in the market. Rumraker was a really nice steer from Troy Turner last uh, last time out, but he actually had something in the tank when winning that race. So yep. he should be better at fourteen hundred, undefeated at the track. Beret's a horse who continually comes in for support. Last four runs, $3.30 favourite, $1.60 favourite, $2.90 favourite, $2.50 favourite. Only successful one of those four. So not really the punter's pal, Beret. Uh, that's funny as. Likely leader. Uh, was likely leader and was huge, 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 huge last start. Cop the running rail. Um, had no right to kick back like uh, like he did over the final 50 metres. And if you watch his 50 pass the post, he was absolutely bolting. Bruce Almighty finds the breeze. Uh, and then heels are plenty is one I can't have personally, uh, but Pikey sticks, which is quite interesting. I wonder if he was offered the ride on Beret or if he's just ridding, uh, if he's just riding, sorry, for um, the Simon Millie out a little bit more. So this meeting, um, but I am very keen on the one I haven't mentioned, and uh, that is clearly comfort me, BJ. Now, I don't know if there is a, a horse that's had less luck this preparation than uh, than comfort me. First up over the unsuitable 1100 was big behind Platinum Bullet. Second up drew wide. They went back to last on a day where and a race pattern where you had to lead, you had to lead or be forward to win. Uh, ran huge last sectionals to flood into fifth uh, in the hundred thousand dollar Mandra Cup. Then came out and again ended up a lot further back than they wanted to behind Cryptic Love. Cousin Ivan uh, was it behind Cousin Ivan? He uh, he finished ahead of Cousin Ivan. Uh, last of the line, Salaya. Very nice form reference. And then uh, fourteen days ago, BJ, a bit of a horror watch. Uh, was not Craig Staples' fault in the slightest. He was just unfortunately caught behind a wall of Brutus Maximus and Saucy Jack. And Good old-fashioned not- uh, roadblocks, eh? Oh, there was just not a gap in the slightest. So, uh, yeah, I think Comfort Me is bolting, absolutely bolting at the moment. Um, I think basically what we are punting on here, because the speed map for me is that's funny as leads, Brutus Almighty Breezes. And there's there's not much else to worry about speed map-wise. So Comfort Me has great gate speed. I have very confident that Maddie Derrick will land on the back of that's funny as you're basically for me, we're just punting on the fact that she can get it out. Yeah. That's what we're, that's what we're punting on here. I don't like the fact that Chris Parnham is very likely to be on the breeze uh, in the breeze of Bruce almighty Chris and in particular Pikey and, and Paul Harvey. They're the three jockeys. If they're in the breeze and you're on the back of the leader, um, you just don't feel confident you're going to get out because they're very mindful about not letting you out. They're mindful we're going to keep you in. Yeah, um, they're not going to they're not going to get out of Matty's way, is he? Chrissy Parnham is no. going to make life difficult. Yeah, no, exactly right. So the, probably the most important horse for comfort me to some degree is that's funny as yes. if that's funny as gives the kick. Um, you can shake off Bruce Almighty, then you're going to get that free pass out. Um, and for me. He just uh, he just wins from there. You go back to a run last campaign uh, where he beat Aconite, but it's more importantly he beat leading girl that day, and he was held up till about two hundred to go, which might happen here. And he was sprinting basically alongside leading girl, and he out sprinted leading girl home. Uh, so that means he can be held up to the two hundred, get out, and still show the uh, necessary turn of foot to win the race. So. Um, 
Yeah. Long story short, I'm I'm very keen comfort <laughs> me, and, and as you probably gathered, and I've marked him two dollars eighty five. So um, four bucks is uh, four bucks is heaps. But with all those horses I've mentioned in the race already, um, I suspect that we might uh, we might see that type of price throughout betting because a lot of those will have to take up market percentage. BJ, do you agree? What price you comfort me? Take over, please. I'm tiring. I'd comfort me five dollars. Oh, oh! But um, but but uh, was it? Yeah, it was a wide open betting market. I I, I marked Giant Leap favorite three seventy, and um, I'm just gonna roll the dice again with this fellow. More of a gut feel thing than anything. Uh, Pikey was um beaten in a head bobber first up over a thousand. I thought that was an exceptional return. I didn't think it was a really good race for him. Um, thousand meters at Ascot, but um, he exceeded it, my expectations anyway, and very nearly uh, was probably in front before the post and after the post and just edged out by night voyage on, on that occasion. And then he really probably should have, probably should have won last start, second up 1400 meters, just got pratted and held up and sort of had to squeeze through between runners and um, ran B quick, I think to a half length on the line. I actually think this wide draw, this could come back to haunt me, but I think it might be a beneficial for Giant Leap. As Terry said, his best performance uh, was with Lakdar Ramoli in the saddle. He was three wide, no cover throughout, punching into the breeze and absolutely belted them midweek, Belmont on a, on a wet winter's track. Uh, I think Giant Leap actually has a bit of gate speed, so he can, I'm thinking he can sort of land three wide with cover maybe, um, moving forward into the race. Again, it's going to – if if early, if the leaders are railing and giving a good kick, giving a good kick then um, that really sets up the race for Comfort Me, obviously, and uh, he looks the obvious hardest to beat. But for me, I'm just going to back in Team Williams, Lactal Ramoli, Giant Leap, a horse I, I have an opinion of. I feel as though if he can stay out of trouble rolling into the race with momentum, then he's going to be mighty hard to beat. So I was Giant Leap on top, comfort me, hardest to beat. I thought the the leader, likely leader, that's funny as, is is, um, is going to give a good kick out in front. Again, Carleen Heffel claiming three, that three kilos is, uh, is going to be gold. Know, it's going to be gold and um, she has a – On, a, on leaders especially. Yeah, on go forward horses, and she's gonna um, she's gonna have a say in a lot of the races actually um, at Pinjar on on Saturday, and um, yeah, so obviously two horse race, Giant Leap, Comfort Me, Terry is going for Comfort Me, understandably. I'm going Gut Feel, Giant Leap. I was about three seventy. Just want to see what price he is at the moment. It's about three sixty, three seventy at the moment. Okay, I around sus- that quote. I suspect if if we can see a price with a four in front of it, that'll do me for for Giant Leap. I was actually going to – I chucked up a lay this morning, BJ, you might have seen. I was actually going to chuck up Giant Leap as well at four bucks. But um, just a little bit wary knowing that uh, if the race does pan out, as you said, he'll be the one down the centre of the track making yeah. the big ground. Um, but I love the fact that the two horses I have leading in the breeze, I think are both going reasonably well enough to give me a good kick and take the race away from those back markers yeah. or horses caught deep. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking as well. But one thing we do need to be mindful of, and those punting on the day with Comfort May – Watch for the potential rain and watch how the rail is playing and now where horses are coming. If it if it has absolutely bucketed down earlier than ex, uh, expected and the inside pad is a little bit sloppy, um, I, I'll probably lose a little bit of uh, confidence with comfort me. But um, but yeah, that that's that's all it would take for me to lose confidence with 
comfort me. So pretty keen, comfort me. Head to head, BJ, the two favourites. The two favourites, yeah. I'm just like th- thought a horse like beat the bro, something like that, might punch forward, lead up a three-wide line, Lackduck in yep. Kentucky and get a bit of a smother and get last crack at Comfort Me. He'll be he'll look, I reckon he'll look the winner at, at, at for a long period of the straight, Comfort Me. He's, he deserves to win one soon. Just think Giant Leap might be able to zap him late. Okay. Okay, and BJ, we have the first of our uh, young guns tips for the day. In fact, all three of them have got involved in race four. Um, Riley Dot. Dot's got uh, 40 wins. He's following me in 40 wins on Comfort Me. Uh, all results recorded at Betfair SP as okay. well. Riley Morgan, 40 wins. Yep. Riley Morgan, 40 wins. Comfort Me. Latham Anderson, 60 wins. Comfort Me. Mm, bullish. The lads, yeah, the lads are pretty keen on uh, on Comfort Me. And Tommy Johnson, I tell you what, I'm not sure of the reasoning here. Maybe uh, Tommy usually chucks his tips up. Um, with a little spiel, which I love on Twitter, a day or two before the race. So I'm sure we'll see a little reasoning why Tommy's gone this way. But Tommy's got 15 wins on Stormy Ruler. What what price did you have Stormy Ruler, BJ? Uh, 61. Yeah, I had Stormy Ruler. Um, I had Stormy Ruler 200 to one. So, <laughs> um, I, I haven't given it. I haven't given it much of a chance. But uh, I told Tommy if he gets that up, he is the he is the goat. Yeah, he will, he will officially be the goat. And I think he I think it's game over if he gets that up. So um, I, I yeah, he's he's a very uh, a very astute judge, Tommy. So I'm um, yeah interested to see what his thoughts are there. But he, uh, uh, look at that lo- stage. Loves a Michael Lane horse too, uh, Tommy Johnson. Mm-hmm. So might be some. Um, some stable stable affinity that going on there, oh, but uh, maybe um, two hundred to one. That'd be epic. That would be uh, yeah, that'd be pretty big stuff. Anyway, BJ, um, it is now time for our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. That's right, Terry. The Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since eighteen ninety nine. Located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring, uh, post lockdown. Of course, if you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day. Let him know you're a one-one listener. I believe during lockdown, if this is you know extended or if it just finishes up on Friday night, but regardless, they are doing. They have reverted back to their takeaway uh, menu, which um, they ran during COVID last year. So if you need any more information on everything that's going on at the Mundaring Hotel jump onto their website or their Facebook page. They always keep everything very much up to date. Congratulations to episode 61 WA Racing Mastermind winner, Matt Nowland, um, friend of the podcast. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Matty Nowland, a colourful racing identity. He, uh, He nailed all Scenic Blast theme questions correctly on last week's edition of the 1-1. So well done, Maddie, and enjoy that $100 gift voucher when the Mundaring reopens its doors. So to be crowned this week's mastermind, you'll need to answer the following four questions correctly. We'll see how good the guru is here because these are mm. a few, few sticky ones here. I'm ready. Question number one, name the trainer attempting to win a third straight Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Yeah, that's a bit easy. Question two, name the last Magic Millions two-year-old classic victor to go on and win the Karakata plate. 
Wasn't dig deep. <laughs> Got that one, yep. Question number three. Name the now dual-licensed jockey trainer who has four Magic Millions three-year-old trophies to his name. That's the three-year-old race. You good? Got it. Question four. We'll see how good the guru is here. Name the two horses racing at Pinjarra this Saturday. Well, they've accepted to start anyway. And uh, name those two that were runners-up in past editions of the Magic Millions three-year-old trophy. So there's two horses at Pinjarra on Saturday who finished second in three-year-old trophies in uh, the recent past, and uh, that is question four. So for those well, that's, listeners that's, – That's slightly more difficult. For those listeners we are wanting to partake in the WA Racing Mastermind competition, please direct message your answers to us at the 1-1-Pod on Twitter, and if you get all four questions correctly, you'll be in the running for a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Hotel, Heart of the Hills, since 1899. Guru, how'd you go with question four? Uh, I've got one of them. I just need to uh, – can you see my little notepad there? Can you read that? I just need to get the second one. I haven't got the second one yet. So you got the first three questions correct. Question four is horses that have placed in the three-year-old trophies. Not the uh, two. Ah, they've ah. That was yes. a yeah. That, that's a good answer. Though, yeah. I uh, okay, I got one. Sorry. Uh, this is what people want to listen to me writing things down. Uh, I'll just go one for now. We'll just give you the one. Very good. Yeah. Right. So you got three I'll and a half. I'll come up with the other one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You will. You will. So that is uh, that's the Mundaring for Mundaring Hotel W Racing Mastermind for episode sixty-two. Terry. That's a good question, BJ. That last one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Bit of ingenuity. <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into it. We got how many to go? Six to go. Yeah, six. To go. Oh dearie, let's mate. get marching. Um, let's get marching. All right, race five, Westpeed Platinum handicap. The handicap over the uh, the thirteen hundred meters. I'll tell you what. This I found this to be one of the more difficult uh, assignments of the day uh, to attack. Ej. Yeah, um, it felt like a punching bag at this stage of proceedings, Terry. I love. I really embraced it. I think I, I just missed. I missed horses. I missed form. Mm-hmm. I missed placing investments. As soon as that, you know, I'd finished the. <laughs> this is how sad I'm. American. You know, I'd done the Magic Millions markets in my ride up by Monday, um, Monday midday, because there was barriers and fields up on Sunday. So I was waiting and checking when the markets go up and messaging Brad, telling him to hurry up to put the markets <laughs> up uh, for about midday Monday, saying, "Come on, champ, what's uh, what's going on here?" I must. Um, I must say that um, just for the listeners out there. On um, Terry sent out a email to the Newhad Syndicate on Friday afternoon, just uh, letting everyone know what was happening uh, for the following race day. On and then he also included his race notes down the bottom of the email, which was both um, enlightening and a little bit scary for our Newhad Syndicate. Just a uh, we got to sample a bit of the goings-on inside the the mind of the Perth Racing Guru. It was, it was very interesting reading, Terry, the uh, the depth uh, that you go into to preview each and every race in, in WA is um, straddling the line between genius and insanity, I think, there, Terry. <laughs> it's a uh, straight jacket top stuff, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's actually just me talking to myself. There's usually <laughs> only uh, one person that I uh, I actually send it to, and that's my housemate because he uh, he's not he doesn't mind a little. It's bit good of stuff. A, uh, it's good a stuff. Bit of a punt, but um, yeah, it's definitely straight jacket top stuff. So. <laughs> anyway, so but BJ, that, you would have this... you would have filled reams of paper uh, analyzing this race, but uh, well, yeah. I did. I did, I did. This, In fact, this entire meeting, if you put this into a Word document, it's about 11 pages and no one's going to read it. What? But nobody will read, nobody will actually read this. So <laughs> I sometimes wonder why I'm doing it, to be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, it helps get my thoughts on the paper and um, and end up coming up with the prices. Clarity, which is all clarity. About, exactly right, exactly right. So again, BJ, let's start with a speed map here. Um, I reckon one thing I love about the day, apart from the last race, which we'll get to, and the staying race we touched on earlier, is to me all the speed maps are really clear. Um, and that's why I think I really enjoy this meeting. This is another race where I think the speed map's pretty clear. Um, tell me if you disagree. Ginger Flyer shades on will lead for Chrissy Parnham and Simon Miller and Scooter's Machine, who has been held up or hasn't led it its last couple. I think they'll be pretty keen with The Apprentice going back on to go forward. So Scooter's Machine in the breeze um, for me. For me they as well, Ginger Fire in front, Scooter's Machine, Breeze, Sea Wave leaders back and potentially double spice 1-1, but there's going to be a few horses trying to jam into that position. Yeah, that's exactly how I've got it, BJ. Uh, I think Lock Her In and Lucky Heart from 14 and 16. Lock Her In's trial was about six weeks ago now, so whether they go forward, I do not know. Lucky Heart with the claim, 51. Um I think 52, sorry. I think they'll uh, they'll try and go forward. So I think one of those two will lead a three-wide line. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much pressure they apply there as well and try to make it a bit stickier and give those back markers a, um, a chance. But there is five horses I, I want to dissect here, BJ. I won't go into them in, in too much depth. Um, but Western Rhythm was... Short in the market from the Bunbury's meet, which was obviously uh, rubbed out after race three. Um, I really, I, think, I uh, really liked her on Sunday, actually. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. Um, I did too. I it was actually that's funny as at the seven fifty actually was the bet for me um, at that stage. I was hoping to back Western Rhythm on Betfair late as well, um, but uh, she's she's been luckless uh, all prep. She's either been luckless or. Uh, poorly ridden, found the wrong, just not, not much has gone right for Western yeah. Rhythm. You know, in, in a career to date, and I mentioned this last night, this is a 58-plus race, right, BJ? And she's a 58 rider. There is no way she deserves to be a 58 rider, she's, uh, realistically. She's better than that. Yeah, she mm. should have two more wins, so say seven or eight more points. She probably should be carrying 57, 58. So she's really nicely placed here. Uh, I'm actually quite surprised that uh, Pikey isn't on. It looks like um, Brock Luthway and CJP are combining for the entire meeting. So I'd say that would be the reason. Um, Pikey may not have been offered the ride potentially. I, I can't I can't be too sure what's going on there. But um, look, Western Rhythm, there's just a – no, there's just a lack of trust for me with Western Rhythm. Uh, mm. I've I've got it I've got it at the head of the market, but I've got it six dollars the field. So I've got it um I got a pretty open market in that sense. You then got Double Spice. Uh, Double Spice's first up win was absolutely electric. Um, a lot of people have a pretty big opinion of Castillo de Lago, and those two absolutely cleared out um, in a class one. 11 days ago, maps a dream, uh, has wet track form. Uh, my concern is that uh, Double Spice, after his big first up win last campaign, he actually went downhill from there and he uh, he didn't reach the same height. So my only concern is he might be a really good fresh horse and whether he can do it again. Um, 11 days between runs as well. 
slight query for me. Um, yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. But I've got him uh, equal on the top line of betting. Ginger Flyer, I think, has the ability to go forward and they won't see her again. But, I mean, she's 31 days between runs. I, I, I struggle with that. Um, with the horse is going to have to roll forward and lead over the 1,400 metres. Uh, Chrissy Parnham's obviously a nice booking, and the blinkers are huge, especially for the Simon Miller yard. Um, looks like, just looks the, like pressure too, doesn't it, Gingerfly? Looks like looks like pressure. Scooter's machine, three wide line. Yeah. Yep. And the uh, and the apprentices on Scooter's machine, and then Lucky Heart, Matty Derrick as well. Yep. So the, the apprentices tend to apply a little bit more pressure than the seniors um, might do out in front and make it less of a dawdle. So the 31 days, how fit Simon has her uh, over that final 100 metres will be telling in that sense. But if he has her cherry ripe, she'll be really hard to run down. Uh, and then the other horse we need to talk about is Born to Try, um, Delta, Delta Goodrums. Favourite uh, favorite nag, BJ. Very interesting <laughs> moves from Ross Price to Lindsay Smith. It's only 40 days between runs, a raft of gear changes, but one of those is the blinkers on. Mm-hmm. One thing you see when a horse moves uh, stable, they want to see a lot of the time, you see Justin Warwick do it more than others, is they want to see how he or she will perform with no gear on and then sort of adjust from there. The fact we see Pikey go on, the fact we see the blinkers go on, does that give you a feeling they might be serious here? They're, they might be having a crack here and think, we think this horse is going pretty well. We can win this race. Um, that that might be me overthinking it. I, but, no, um, 100%. This all started with Team Williams as well. So this is third hmm. stable for Born to Try, who looked like being a really, really good horse, early doors. Um, obviously had has had a series of setbacks um, probably over the last 12, 18 months perhaps, and her – in her last two preparations, her best runs have been when she's been fresh. Um, that mm-hmm. third, uh, first up, uh, first up, this campaign was uh, was a really, really good run. And then she just she was very well fancied to win that um, that race at Pinjarra. She was a three dollar ten favorite second up Pinjarra on December twenty eighth. But a bit of a flat run, wasn't it? But um, but prior to that, in that sweet strawberry La Farola. Uh, run that was a that was that ended up being a really good form race and she's come from last to to flash through and grab third on that occasion so i imagine lindsey smith blinkers on pike on uh it's gonna get back and it's gonna be launching late i think yeah that's the big query i mean even if they have got um her going as well as she can go and she's potentially as you said she could be the best horse in this race um she still needs a lot of luck to win from the barrier. So at around six bucks, she's under the odds for me. There's just too, there's too many variables that need to all line up for her to win the race, um, which she definitely can. But um, six dollars just isn't isn't the price that'll get me. Um, the fifth horse I want to discuss, and it's probably not the fifth horse that um, you'd expect that I want to discuss, and it's the one that's well over my price and will be my each way bet in the race. That's number one, Luke's choice, BJ for uh, Bruce K. Um, and that, that's our they, that's our girl again, Carlene. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm gravitating to Carlene. New, new ads there, jockey. Um, yeah, new ads jockey. Mm-hmm. We saw Carlene on a horse called Wild Galar last Wednesday, and I'm, I'm I'm anticipating a similar type of a ride. Three wide line from the wide gate. Um, Luke's choice is a um, is a fella who's he's ran some pretty big races in the past without a huge amount of luck. Um, he moved stables at the start of this prep. Um, it kicked off his career for the new stable pretty well. First up, uh, when he got underneath horses, finished second to Excellent Dream. That really well, that form, really well. Yeah, that form's been franked. I thought he hit the line better than Feline Machine and Marachino, who have both come out and run big races without much luck since. 
So I think that form doesn't look too bad. Uh, then came out uh, 14 days later um, behind Absolute. If you do the head-on for that race, Carlene never actually got any clear room and the horse was never happy. Yeah. So um, only beaten two lengths. I, I don't think you can look at that as a failure um, because I don't think the horse ever really uh, saw what he needed to see. Uh, three wide line. Luke's choice is a horse that's actually breezed and ran good races, has come from last. Very adaptable. I love the 1,400 metres third up. I think that's... Uh, I think that's bang on. Thirteen hundred meters uh, third up. Sorry, I think that's bang on. Likes Pinjarra. Um, does like Pinjarra. Does like a wet track. Um, uh, if if it does eventuate that way, um, I think there's going to be a nice three wide line. We, we're going to need a nice ride, and it's always it's always risky backing an apprentice from um, from a sticky gate because things can go wrong. But I just think you're talking double spice coming out of a class one. You're talking. Uh, born to try new stable is going to be in no man's land. Western Rhythm's a hard horse to trust, and and Ginger Fly off the thirty odd days. There's just a lot of doubt mm. on a lot of them. So I'm I'm willing to look outside the market, um, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be Luke's choice each way. I, I've got Luke at nine bucks, so currently sixteen seventeen. I reckon we see better from um, from the stable as well. Bj wouldn't surprise me if we see a twenty plus. On the exchange, and uh, I reckon Luke's choice is a horse that, a bit like um, Western Rhythm, has probably deserved to win more races in his career than he actually has. So, and he looks to have settled in really nicely at the new yard. I thought you might have uh, made a bit of a shout out to Scooter's Machine. Yeah, I think with Scooter's Machine, he needs the rail. Needs I think the rail. he needs the yeah. fence. I think he needs that type of run to be winning. I thought he really had his chance when we tipped him. Four starts ago, Alien, uh, Alien from, from Mars, Mars grabbed yeah. him on a day where it was suiting horses out in front. So um, I, I think he's had his chances to win. He's now 1,600 back to 1,300. At best, he's in the breeze. There's probably a horse three deep outside of him putting pressure on. I just don't think it's Scooter's machines um, set up today uh, on Saturday. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, I just he was a bit of a replay horse. Never saw daylight mm. at all and went to the line in uh, basically in first gear in the fire sale midweek race at Ascot on January 20. Uh, like Terry, I have gone a little bit outside of the obvious major players and I'm rolling with my old mate Steve Wolf and Oxbridge. This fellow is coming off two really, really strong great southern wins, firstly at Albany on Boxing Day and then at Mount Barker on January 17. I think Wolfie could be in for a good day, actually. He's got to, providing he can, uh, they're going to allow, um, I guess, horses to come in from, from the uh, different regions. But that, um, the I guess, the rules and regulations from a COVID. Uh, restrictions point of view will be will be uh, revealed in in the days to come, but hopefully Wolfie can get his team there because he's got some real genuine winning chances uh, across the day. And uh, Terry, while we've been recording, it's been announced that there was no new cases uh, in Western mm. Australia. So um, another green tick in the box for uh, this. Uh, COVID emergency, which we are uh, living in um, Western Australia at present. So providing Wolfie can get his uh, float full of horses to the races at Pinjarra on Saturday, I think that Oxbridge is going to give this a big shake. Um, he's um, shown two ways of winning in his last two. He basically box-seeded and sprinted along a cutaway and knocked off Gifted Warrior and the third horse whose name just escapes me. Both, both of those horses went on to win at their subsequent starts. The other day, Mount Barker, he towed up the field chasing uh, a trio of tearaway leaders and he won oh. he won really 
stylishly, I felt, um, with a bit in reserve. Uh, Peter Hall sort of just clicked him up, give him a couple of couple of reminders, and, and he just did the rest. Although it might have been a little bit exaggerated with Sorvgaard sort of um, sort of fading on its run late, understandably. But this horse just moves like he's going to make the grade. Um, Hawley's riding him well. Uh, I'm like Terry. I can poke holes in the obvious major players, Ginger Flyer, double spies born to try Western rhythm. And as a result, if Oxbridge Hawley can land in, I reckon he can come across, has the gate speed to come across with Ginger Flyer. Ginger Flyer drawn 10, Oxbridge drawn 11. It, all he needs to do is come across, get to the one-off position and the rest of the speed horses are out, drawn outside him, can rush around. I'm not going to say he's going to land in the 1-1, Terry. However, he's going to be well <laughs> positioned from gate 11. As long as um, Hawley is positive, I think he's going to get the right run, produced at the right time. I reckon Oxbridge each way. I think he's about the $10 mark at the moment. I think he's uh, he's a real live hope in another, well, another huge open handicap, Terry. Mm. Who did Riley try and jam in the one-one last week? I think Seminole it was Seminole Brave. Brave. Very close. He didn't get the, he didn't get the one-one, but uh, he got the uh, the W. He certainly anyway. did. So, I think oh. he said that he took the nine bucks as well. So there is uh, something for the young fellas. Yes, that was a I good. Was, uh, uh, I was left lamenting after Eurasia box seated and couldn't get out in time. So thanks, Riley. Do you know what? Uh, do you know I was on recapitulate uh, as as I mentioned, and uh, geez, he was tough down the straight. I thought he was going to kick back and get uh, Seminole Brave. But um, do you know where I spent yesterday Saturday afternoon, BJ? No, tell me. Tell me more. Well, well, before I came and saw you and watched New Hat, obviously, uh, I was crossing the road, walking up to my local uh, TAB to place a bet because it's very hard to on Saturday place a bet. Yes, I was going. I was actually going up to back uh, a little trumpet. Actually, I was going up to back. Um, uh, geez, who won the, the the last race before they uh, Ginger Senorita? Uh, oh. The next day at Bunbury, yep. the very last race we, we've had in, uh, in WA. So I actually took severe unders as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> and um, and I was there with my, my housemate, Jared, and um, and uh, a, a little old lady's car is just, just conked out, just absolutely conked out. And um, the lights have gone green and she can't go and we could walk and we've gone, mm, okay. I said, no, I think we might be on here. So we spent the next hour and a half um, – standing with the old woman waiting with the RAC. We called the RAC. I popped the bonnet out of look, pretended I pretended I had some idea what I was talking about. <laughs> um, absolutely none. And um, yeah, I spent the next two hours watching the races on my phone and uh, and keeping um, this uh, lovely, lovely old duck company. So there you go. Did Unfortunately, no, no karma really played out for me because I don't think I found a winner from there. But that was how I spent my last week. Good Samaritan job. Well done, Terry. Mm. Hey. Yeah, thanks. That's what I needed. Um, did she get back up? Obviously, she got back up and running again. Yeah, no, she's uh, she was all sorted, so she was uh, she was very uh, very happy. So it was um, yeah, just a, a unique way to spend my Saturday afternoon. I'm but, sure uh, she. I uh, was very appreciative. Ah, uh, she was. She was. She was lovely. Anyway, uh, what were we talking? Are we talking about horses? Eurasia, okay. bad beats. Uh, yeah. Eurasia, yeah, it was, it was a tough watch for Eurasia followers last. Week. It was a funny race that one because mm. um, throughout the card, not many horses uh, on speed really gave strong kicks, and uh, that was one race that was dominated by the horses that settled one, two, three. So, um, interesting old pattern at Ascot at the moment, especially with the Eastleys. We're not getting the usual um, you lead your win type scenarios, which has been difficult to um, to go into and do our form pre meeting. But um, anyway, a bit of value for us both here. BJ's each way. Oxbridge, I'm of the opinion, BJ, you'll see a better price in that late. So yep. I reckon 
hold fire Oxbridge and you'll see some 12 to 18s, I reckon yep, about fair. Yep. And um, I can't imagine. Luke's Choice is currently well above my price and $16 each way. Probably plays heavy because it is a horse um, – He's only won two of 26, but he's been placed on 13 more occasions. So he's actually been placed at 14 of his 26 starts. So the near five bucks a hole for Luke's choice is uh, it's, I usually prefer straight each way if you're betting each way, but I think on this occasion, a one by three basis would make complete and utter sense. And it's um, Luke's choice. What price, did you, what price did you have Luke's choice? Nine bucks. Okay. I was, I was Oxbridge $8. So I okay. think we're, we're both getting overs and hopefully that, uh, that um, exchange late with um, both our horses might uh, yep. might be the will will be the way to go. Very interesting market. And what it will do here because um, yeah, Western Rhythm, Double Spice, Ginger Flyer, Born to Try. Those four horses should dominate the market, but which one completely dominates? We don't know. I'm expecting Double Spice to be the big supported runner here, um, but it's, it'll be a very interesting watch late. And BJ, we have another one of our young guns, a chiming in. And he's clearly uh, he's clearly done uh, he's clearly followed your mail. It's Latham Anderson, twenty wins, Oxbridge. Nice, he's nice. with you. I, I like it, Latham. I, I have been reading Latham's Latham stuff on Twitter. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, he uh, he knows his way around the uh, the Great Southern. That is for sure. So um, moving on to race six, the Thoroughbred Breeders WA Pearl Classic. Good initiative this. This is a Phillies and Mares only race and um, 1,300 metres. As soon as I saw the field, my eyes zeroed in on Indigo Blue. I'd already made up my mind exactly which way I was going to go prior to assessing this race. After assessing the race, I was still super confident Indigo Blue. I'm just going to put it over to the guru. Talk me out of her, Terry. Can you? No, I can't. Uh, for a price-wise, she's not she's not quite at mine, but I, I've marked her favourite. Um, I think I think you had to mark her favourite. And the way – this is probably my least confident market for the day, but the way I did this race, I had the two X-Factor horses or perhaps the two horses that are nowhere near their marks yet, an Indigo Blue and Pleto, as the two that I had to have at the head of uh, my market. I agree, yep. In, in saying that, I, this is the way I punt and this is the way I think – I'm probably going to try and hope that those two get backed heavily on Betfair and try and get those two beaten. Mm. That's how I'm going. I think Plato's a horse that drops a bit and can chase hard and put itself in an unwinnable position from barrier three. Um, and I think Indigo Bloom, you still got to look at the fact that uh, that that big run from her was on the um, on the heavy eight. Uh, all of her prior form was good and it was pretty good and she yeah. maps brilliantly and she's <clears throat> she ticks a lot of boxes here. She probably lands in the one one. Trial, trial was uh, sharp as too, wasn't it? Trial, well, it was mm. sharp as. Mm. Um, no, it was a very, very sharp trial. Um, yeah, from a speed map point of view, again, I thought this looks pretty pretty obvious. I think B Quick holds up and I think Danny Bella finds the breeze. Uh, two horses that are running along and they're both going super at the moment. Uh, Pearls and Prawns from five, Indigo Blue from six, Lipstick Flickers from 12 with the three that want to jam themselves in. On speed with cover. Uh, London Miss, Little Red Bikini, eight and nine. They can both race on speed too, but it's slightly more sticky for that for that pair. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm I'm not overly strong on anything here, BJ. Uh, Indigo Blue's the one I was I was hoping we might see some six bucks early, and it would have made it easy to have a bet. But just still a little a little bit of um, just some concerns um, on how on how she would go uh, first up here. But uh, look, I really. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a huge amount to uh, to input here, to be honest with you. Um, one, one horse I'd like to mention is uh, Lucky Linda Lulu, who's mm. never missed a hole, never missed a hole first up, and since joining Anne King, is running career best numbers um, uh, for that stable. So she will jump from uh, barrier two, likely lands three back. Uh, and if Paddy Carberry can find some room in on straightening i think she'll be um she'll be a big chance of running into a hole that probably she won't be wanted she'll be seven eight bucks she'll be 30 40 dollars plus the win so she's one that'll likely end up over my price um i thought lipstick flickers was huge at the thousand meters last week uh that was an unsuitable trip our shoes went on not a horse traditionally known for running on into races like she did um that new had form will obviously be very strong bj absolutely Look, I, I've got Indigo Blue on top, and I'm with you with Indigo Blue. Um, I'm just, I'm just cagey about what what the right price is to take, and I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not, I'm not certain. So this isn't a race I'm going to dive into. What are we doing with Regal Poise? Have we, no. have we, have we recovered since? Uh, yeah. Poor. The- they're the ones I'm. They're the ones I'm okay with. I, I'm okay when they're given their chance. Uh, she was given every chance here. Um, it was a race dominated by off-speed horses, so you can give her some forgiveness in the fact that she was the only horse that settled in the first couple that actually stuck on um, in that event. But I think this is significantly harder, um, and she doesn't get any weight relief from that from that race. So um, happy to look around Regal Poise here. Um, I, I just think this is a race you can you can potentially find some value and you can look a million different ways. Flying Machine will flood late. Pearls and Prawns is going super. I don't think she can carry 60, though. Danny Bella's done nothing wrong. Uh, if you can get Danny Bella crossing Be Quick or yeah. if you get Be Quick scratched, I'd love to be on Danny Bella if Be Quick comes out, which uh, I doubt she will. Um, Sweet Strawberry was a massive eye catcher, but that's a pikey run. You, you loses a lot with pikey not being on. Even a horse like Jaguar Grey is going to go around at 50, probably go around 100 to 1 yeah, on the day. Yep. Jaguar Grey wasn't suited leading last start and wasn't suited chasing hard over the 1,000 um, prior outing either. So uh, she's a horse with a lot of talent, Jaguar Grey. But again, um, yeah, cracking open race, but not one that I've got any strong opinion on, BJ. Yeah, for me it was, the, uh, it was all about Indigo Blue. Now, she is first up last started in the champion Philly stakes where was beaten an eyelash by watch me dance watch me dance and of course came out and won the wa guineas a week later now indigo blue was just one of those horses who just every time she went to the races she kept getting better she's only had the the six runs uh i imagine would be on what is she she's a black fries i imagine she'd be on potentially a wa oaks prep um, or at least she's going to compete in the lead-up events, you would imagine, in the weeks to come. So, but yeah, she just, Mitchell Payman just looks so confident and he looked like he had so much horse underneath him in that Lucky Hill January 25 trial. Adam Durant obviously has her happy and healthy heading into the Pearl Classic at Pinjarra on Saturday. Gets a good draw, has the gate speed to make the most of it, settle forward of midfield, just needs galloping room, 55.5 kgs, fresh horse on the scene. I reckon Indigo Blue has a bit of class on her side and I reckon she's going to get the job done. What price? I was 450. So she's sort of of floating around that-ish at the moment. Uh, I wonder where the market forces might might mean she gets out high fours um, on the day. That was my sort of thought process. Like at the 450, 93% market, it wasn't a market I did with a super amount of confidence, so I couldn't dive in at the 450. Sometimes if I price a horse 450 and I want to be on and I'm confident with how I've marked it, I'll, I'll take 480 or something slightly above. But um, 
yeah, I, I think four fifty is is about uh, the right price. And is this a quaddy league? No, we're still one away. We're going to start the quaddy. Yeah, BJ, gee whiz, late quaddy. What's that? Mm. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Gee whiz. Mm. All right. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's just just another another cracking cracking race on Magic Man's Day, and uh, I am uh, I'm sort of venturing into Betfair best betting proposition of the day with Indigo Blue, Ooh. but we'll we'll get to that later in the show. Race seven. The BJ. Du- before we before we move on, Riley Dot Morgan is following you in here. Riley Dot. Morgan, 40 wins, Indigo Blue, race six. Very good. Very good, Riley. Indigo Blue on top for Riley Morgan. Um, okay, remembering that they have a maximum of three bets, the young guns, don't they, Terry? And they get yes. to, to spend $100 on the day so they can divvy that up as they wish with a maximum of three bets throughout the card with results uh, recorded using Betfair SP. And we'll chuck them up on Twitter on Sunday or Monday as well so we can all uh, keep up to date with uh, how they're tracking. All right. Race seven, the Duchemus Crown. Ratings 72-plus handicap over the 1,200 metres. This is another beauty, Terry. Very, very beauty. Very, very good race, this one. Who won this race last? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to start cracking first leg of the quaddy, but last year you will – be referring to was it why choose her? It was. It was forty bucks bet fair SP for all those playing at home. Yeah, yeah. Ash Maley. Knocked off free trade. Mr. Genoa maybe stiff not to win it for Luke Fernie for LK. Chicks um, pick. Chicks pick. Yes, it was a uh, it was a good little race. It was was was, was that was uh, spilling over in that race as well. Spilling over could have been, yeah, yeah. running on potentially, yep, yeah, could have been running on, yeah. I try and block out the time spill around, to be honest. <laughs> Our old mate so. spilling over. And this version of the Ducimus crown, Ducimus? I'm going to go with Ducimus. Ducimus. whatever it is. This version of the D crown um, does not look any inferior. It is an absolutely cracking little race here, BJ. My big question, I'm going to I'm going to pose this to you straight away is resort man. Are we are we sticking or are we sacking? Are we yeah? Are we buying stock in resort man or are we offloading? Well, what, uh, have, what have you been actually? Talk me through. Have you been someone? So since resort man's last win, yeah, he has gone under at a dollar ninety five, two dollars forty, and two dollars fifteen. Have you been a supporter or a tipper on those occasions? Uh I haven't supported him. I tipped him in the race. I was very keen, obviously, the race where Platinum Bullet uh, shaded him. Uh, that was yep. in 1,100 metres. But I was forgiving on that occasion. I thought it was 1,200 back to 1,100 metres, beaten in a beaten a lip, basically. And then I expected him to be hard to beat in the race that was run by Won by Dig Deep on the 19th of December. He charged for Kiri Yule, just over-raced, completely overcooked it out um, uh, out in front, was he, or breezing, and um, was just running on empty late. So there was a few excuses there. And then he was probably a touch disappointing uh, in the Fitzpatrick plate at Albany. Uh, $2.15, oh. beaten by Echo Effect. Um, or, did you, or did you think he just burnt too much fuel early again? Well, I went and watched the replay a few times. Took over 500 metres for Kira to find 
basically he didn't breathe for a second. I know that's probably uh, something we saw from him uh, first up. He he had to circle them and, and get to the to the breeze, and he didn't need that breather to win the race. It's a hard way um, to win races, though, isn't it? Yeah, I get it, what it you're is saying. a hard yeah. it, it is a hard way to to win races, and yeah. he um and he did um. And he did have to travel, obviously, down to Albany as well. So there's a few different little factors there. Um, but this was the big question on the program for me, whether we're sticking or sacking, BJ. So since his last run in the Fitzpatrick Plate, he's been to a mid-prep Bunbury trial January 22 with the blinkers on. Fiona Bell um, cruised to a very comfortable victory, as you would expect, against the opposition that he faced on that occasion. Uh, for me... Fascinating to see, obviously Chris Parnham, top jock. Fascinating to see uh, tactically how how hard they push forward with um, with Resort Man, and just the way that he, uh, just how keen he was underneath Kiri Yule two starts ago with the blinkers on. It's I'm just a little bit concerned if he's going to be able to how well he's going to be able to settle with the pressure on, and maybe even Captain Kink looking to hold up in front and. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've got him third pick in my leg up, basically. So I think he's a he's a winning chance, but I'm not as as bullish on him as I have been in in previous starts. Put it that way. So, mm-hmm. um, did you have him leading, or did you have Captain King leading? Oh, he's definitely not leading. I wouldn't yeah. have thought. No. Um, from a speed map point of view, I think the horse that we you cannot forget about here is Don's Legacy. Yeah, uh, cannot yeah. Ca- cannot win the race. Don's Legacy isn't a player uh, in that sense. But I think um, David Harrison will know. Um, we- Weapon Sun is is going so well at the moment, and he will know Weapon Sun's his live hope or his best hope in this race. Now, Weapon Sun, because of barriers, has been forced with the lead. Uh, four starts ago, three starts ago, and then last two basically back dead last. So from a better barrier, Weapon Sun can now just sort of land somewhere near the 1-1. One, one. And I think David Harrison will be pretty keen on Captain King and Resort Man not getting it soft in front. So if he can hold up with Don's legacy, that will be beneficial for Weapon Sun's chances. I'm, I might be overthinking that a touch, but uh, I do think Don's legacy will try and be aggressive and hold up. I don't know if he'll have the pace to. He does. Uh, he is a little bit sloppy out of the gates at times. Yeah. Um, but look, if Captain King can cross Don's legacy and Resort Man comes across to the breeze, um, that's the map I, I foresee. And then the big question is, where do we put Tommy Blue from Barrier One? Mm. Tommy Blue is, isn't beginning all that well. I think Pike can muster up and hold the back of the leader, but does there's a chance to. Does he want to? Well, they might want to let Tommy Blue settle and be a happier horse three back the fence potentially. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's a race with with a stack of variables. I mean, my Demi now comes into this and gets a claim after not getting a claim winning a Batavia. It's just a really well, and, nice little – And Echo Effect uh, charged outside Battle Hero in the um, uh, Mount Barker Sprint last start. It's drawn 10 with Matty Derrick on board. That might punch forward as well. So it, Exactly right. Yeah. It's uh, it's very, very, very interesting here. And it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting event, how this will all pan out. So obviously Resort Man's a horse with a stack of ability and mm-hmm. um, things just haven't quite gone to plan with him in, as far as his trajectory goes this time. You know, I'm assuming that the stable would have thought he would probably be a um, Pinjarra Classic Bunbury Stakes horse right about now, ready to launch into that type of um part of the uh i guess the spectrum the racing spectrum so he's not quite there yet it's just going to be a fascination to see what the blinkers can do to him on on saturday do they make him rev out or do they just sharpen him and uh, uh, allow him to extract his very best it's going to be it's going to be a, a curious watch um but for me I'm, I'm going to play around him i think 
Yeah, I've, I've, I still haven't really decided. That's why I was asking you. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm probably, I haven't got the mental scars from Resort Man this campaign. Uh, I don't really like jumping into a horse when it's, he's sort of battling a little bit. Uh, he or she's battling throughout their campaign and not performing up to expectation. But um, this might be the time to have something on because we're getting the price. We're going to get close to five bucks about yep. what could potentially be a top liner. 440 uh, at the moment, I believe. So. Yeah, 440 at the moment. So I, I think the price is there to, to definitely consider it. But um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to have something on Resort Man, I think. I, I haven't been on uh, apart from first up. So I said, I haven't got the mental scars that uh, I could imagine a lot of punters West Australian wide do. Yep. Um, one runner that we've got to keep an eye on here, BJ, and as I said, we could discuss them majority of this field. I know you're old man. I saw him after, uh, after the last, a fortnight ago. And he was, uh, geez, he told me that beautiful mind will win no matter where it goes next start. Uh, Bernie did. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a big, big, big eye catch. Bernie's black booker. Um, Bernie's yeah. BBB. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a massive eye catcher. Should only go better at the 1200, but the horse I wanted to talk about, sorry, Bernie was, uh, mankind. Yeah. Uh, Mankind is an absolute swimmer. Um, absolutely loves the slop. Is uh, one from one at Pinjarra goes well fresh. If you look at uh, all of his runs last campaign, he's he's competed in Winter Bottoms, Colonel Reeves, Prince of Wales, and he hasn't disgraced himself on any occasion. Uh, he was always competitive as an eighty-two rated galloper, way out of his depth at weight for age. It was just. Just very odd placement, but I guess it was aggressive placement from a stable that want to have a bit of fun um, with their horses and have a bit of a throw at the stumps. But again, using the the claim of Carleen, if she can get uh, get him out of the gates, just about land back of the speed, maybe three uh, two pairs back. I've got um, him. Uh, I've got him leaders back with a, with a, with a clean getaway. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a nice little spot, especially if we get the rain. So um, I don't think uh, I don't think he's impossible here, BJ. But uh, cracking race, no real strong opinions. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive, not dive in. I'm gonna have something resort, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna back in the blinkers and Chrissy Parnham in the breeze that we might see the best of him uh, at one of these country tracks. But uh, any type of rain, I'm um, I'm gonna be pretty keen each way, mankind. All right, I am siding with a horse by the name of Pro Consent. Um, now. Did you catch his first up run, Terry? I've caught all, all of his runs have been so he's so big. He yeah. just consistently puts in absolute, yeah, huge runs. All all I'll say about the last run is there was an entitlement to do that with yeah. the way the race was run. And he yeah, there was and that that's that race is so far inferior to this one. Um that that's my concern with Pro Consent. The fact he probably might be better over 14, 1600, just looking at the way he uh went alongside Paris and George. But geez, he's a um he's a pretty underrated galloper, isn't he? Yeah, he's got some strength about him, Pro Consent. So he was it basically looked like a prep run, didn't it? Sixty-three kilos, claiming three with stable apprentice Vic Corver on first up, twelve hundred meters, just went out the back and um he should have won. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind that he, he pro consent should have won. He was he was held up. Um, uh, I guess Lucy Warwick just rode uh, absolute an absolute treat and um, just sort of got in pro consent's way on several occasions. And geez, he, he was just savaged the line late. Now he drops to 57 kilos with senior rider Sean McGrady back on board. Gate four, he's not really a um, gate speed horse, so you imagine that he's going to settle midfield at best, probably mid-back. But um, 
But some of his runs last preparation, he won the $100,000 Sky Channel final for Chloe as a party. He's a multiple uh, – he's won twice from three starts at Pinjarra. He's, some of his form in those um, – in 72-plus um, company at Belmont during the winter was excellent. That fifth behind Inspirational Girl beating the 7.6 lengths was massive. That was such a big run. That was Inspirational Girl, Massimo – Serenity Bay, I think they were the they were the three horses that um, trifected the race. But he, all all three of those horses followed the rail, and um, Pro Concept was basically the widest runner throughout, and um, and hit the line. Even though the margin suggests that he got a bit of a touch up, it was such a good run. So for me, I thought Pro Concept might be a horse that flies under the radar in what is a very very competitive, another really really competitive race, and um, this could be a bit of a dartboard job as far as quality is. Quite is a concern, but I have. Uh, I just feel like this, there's something about this pro consent. He's got some quality about him. He's got some toughness, and um, if Shawnee McGrady can get him out into the clear uh, with a bit of galloping room, I reckon he's he's um, he can make things very interesting for some of the more fancied runners. So, pro consent. That's my uh, sort of value play in this race. I like it. Definitely some upside with uh, with pro consent. Um, yeah, the stable had a pretty big opinion from a early early doors, didn't they? They did. They did, and um, and yeah, it just looks like he's just been a bit of a slow burn. But that first up run was for me it was just too big to ignore. And in a similar fashion to Beautiful Mind, should have won. But on this occasion, I think pro consent's just um, just going to be hardened for that. I like the uh, the slight the, the weight relief, obviously, and and uh, Sean McGrady, quality senior in the saddle. All right, I like it. I'm going to give Resort Man a chance. I'm a Resort Man, and uh, I'm definitely playing Mankind with a little bit of rain as well. I've got Resort Man three fifty, Mankind nine bucks, so um, four dollars fifty and fifteen. The pair very happy. If uh, if the rain does come harder and uh, more pronounced than um currently forecast i will be uh i'll actually be hopping into mankind each way with a fair degree of passion but uh, the tip that without knowing okay all righty and it's funny we went through that whole race and there's about probably eight other genuine winning chances that didn't even well, crack a mention but um, it's it's funny you say that because yeah. I went into it wanting to find Weapon Sun. I, I keep on yep. saying Weapon Sun's going better. It finally gets a map, no weight. Um, but unfortunately, the price just isn't there. I've got Weapon Sun's second favourite, and I haven't even, I haven't even mentioned, um, I haven't even mentioned uh, his name. So it's uh, yeah, it's difficult. The horse I'm going to take on though, the one I will take on heavy in the market is Tommy Blue. Yeah, um, me too. Really, really talented mare, but I just don't, I just don't like the setup from potentially three back defence uh, for Tommy Blue. I'm not, not going to go and lay her because I'm respectful of the yard, uh, the jockey, the barrier. Um, but yeah, she's the one. I'll be taking on Tommy Blue. I'll be taking on Captain Kink as well. Really, I thought Captain Kink was given a twenty out of twenty by Jade McNaught last start, uh, tagging the back of Cramden and fell in, absolutely fell in. So um, yeah, I'm going to look to uh, look around Captain Kink as well. Captain Kink was my hardest to beat as far as pro consent was concerned. Back on his home track, fit up, 1,200 metres. He's won five from 10, smart horse. But, um, again, we'll keep going around and around in circles because this is a hell of a deep race. Um, Certainly is. Race eight, 
Here we go. It's the Magic Millions WA Two Year Old Classic, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar race. It's uh, over the twelve hundred meters. It's become a real um, significant event on the WA racing calendar. It's a big shame that there will be no crowds, obviously, on course. But the most important thing is that at this stage, anyway, that the meeting will be progressing. And uh, we had a brief chat about this particular race yesterday, Terry. And um, I just want to see whether your uh, opinion has shifted at all regarding the hot pot, the unbeaten Philly potential <clears throat> superstar, Snipperucci. Oh, I think I've only got more uh, more bullish, BJ. Um, it's a rarity I get too excited about one, uh, sort of the even money, $2.30 type mark. But, um, no, I, I think that uh, I think this is – uh, this is basically, she is a good thing, BJ. Um, yeah, very simplistically. I, I struggle to see how she's probably not, I've marked her a dollar 58. So that probably gives you an indication of, um, well, that gives you a very strong indication of what I think about her chances. Um, if you look at her very short career, her short career to date, um, Led her trial one by five, came out first up against Export Man, um, which at the time we didn't understand how that form would end up lining up. But um, she came out first up against Export Man, got it pretty easy out in front. They still went, um, they still uh, went along at a roundabout benchmark uh, at Bunbury that day. What was the important bit from that run is that she ran a quicker last 200 meter split than export man did who had the, uh, the sit and was able to balance up by the 200, um, and come late. So look, I, yeah, I, I just find it really, really difficult to understand how any horse can turn the tables on, um, on that type of statistic. The fact that Jason Brown sat up late as well, she only ran a, about a length quicker than export man. She could have probably run a two or three length quicker final 200 meter, um, sectional than export man. Interestingly, and this is the run people will look at for a ching in her armor was her most recent outing on the 9th of January. Uh, heavenly waters led that day. Jason Brown sat in the breeze. Um, he applied the pressure to heavenly waters pre bend, probably about 500 meters from home. And I think the way he did that, he left her a little bit of a sitting duck. Um, she, she didn't paddle late. And I think Jason probably had a few more. I know she's only one by 0.2 of a length, but I think Jason had a little bit more in the bank than he probably otherwise let on. He uh, he had to give her a slap and it, obviously things got a little bit aggressive late, but I think if she was going to get beaten, that was the opportunity. She couldn't find the fence that day. The pressure was on early. Um, I, I think if there was a chink in her armor, that was the day she was going to get beaten. From here, she gets the rail. There is absolutely no speed in this race, which you just don't see in two-year-old races. I mean, Heavenly Waters, the blinkers are off. Are they going to try and take a sit? There's probably concerns about Heavenly Waters running out 1,200 metres the way she folded two starts ago. Yeah, I'd, so be surprised, not... I'd be surprised if Roy takes a backward step. It'll be going forward. Yeah, it'll be, go be, okay, be going forward, yeah. but it won't be any concerns I wouldn't have thought for Snipperucci's rail no. with the blinkers off. I think they'll be happy to probably park outside of Snipperucci. Uh, then you have, I mean, the only other speed I can see potentially is Michelada and Gorgeous Gossip. And I think neither have the gate speed uh, or, or will have the real desire to want to take it to Snipperucci and want to lead this race. So Snipperucci for me finds the top rails and the times she can run. She's around 5580 Brownie sat up late in that trial on the 25th of January. That was the first time she's had the winkers on. Jeez. I, I just don't know how they beat her, BJ. I, I think this is That's simply dumb. a very, a very sharp horse and a very quick horse that, that goes to the top and just runs time and, and it's all over. Yeah. Geez, she loved that rail at Larkhill and that mid-prep trial. And 
it was machine-like really, wasn't it? If you look at the t- rest of the times of the day, nothing even got within coup. Two-year-olds don't, two-year-olds don't do that. No, got, nothing got within coup, eh? Of no. Snipperucci on the day, pressure on race day is a uh, is a um, is a big thing. But yeah, to, the the winkers on just <laughs> really sharpened her up um, in that uh, January twenty five trial. Gate three is a gift. Just has to step, jump, rail, lead. Just yeah, it's just it's about it's just about time, really, isn't it, Terry? Can is anything fast enough to to go with her? Uh, I think if she turns up, probably not. Definitely not. Um, the only way that um, she gets beat is if, she, you know, as you said yesterday, is if she finds a way to beat herself. I think whether she, you know, revs out too hard pre-race, whether she's slightly slow away, and Jace has to use her, you know, dig her up and use her a bit early, and she doesn't come back underneath him. But I just don't know if there's anything that can extract a performance capable of coming from behind her and getting past her. Well, for me, Export Man's the clear second pick. Yeah, um, I'm with you. He, um, he was another who went back for a little mid-prep trial, a little sharpen up, and uh, his Albany 28 January trial was was really nice. Wasn't, uh, wasn't really out of first gear. Just trialed like a quality horse, but he's going to be spotting Snipperucci, what, at least three lengths? Three and a half lengths, four lengths. Oh, and, and the rest, and the rest. I reckon. And, I mean, um, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't step very well. Yeah. Uh, export man. So I mean, there's there's a chance he's spotting him, uh, spotting her. Sorry, five or six lengths. So, so who, even if, so, so who, if they balance up alongside each other, yeah. it's it's Snipperucci ran a quicker last two. So I, yeah, gee whiz, I'm uh, I'm I'm concerned how enthused I'm about one at the two dollar forty mark. So this isn't uh, this Ju- is uh, juvenile too. Gee, and ju- yes, this goes against a few of my. Uh, uh, a few of my, um, not that I have punting rules so much, but uh, yeah, what I, I thought going into this, she'd go up too short to have a bet. I thought we'd be talking she'd be a dollar sixty, dollar seventy. Yeah, I was, I was a flat even money, so for for context, but um, yeah, dollar fifty, dollar fifty eight. Uh, a horse that we do agree on from a outside of the market yes. point of view is Success Play. Success Play was my third yeah. tip, third selection yeah. in the in the leg up. I um. I was, yeah, I got that wrong first up at Bunbury. I was quite keen on him, but I thought they would go back, uh, stalk Hoi An, and uh, and be attacking the late, the line late. As it turned out, he um, Chrissy Parnham sent him forward. He landed outside. Leader was in was the horse in, um, a, a, I guess a three wide sandwich, um, and he um, he just couldn't couldn't um, couldn't sustain it. Uh, with and got left a sitting duck really for Hoi An and I think it was Serviceman that was flashing late as well. However, blinkers go on, rising to twelve hundred. High draw means he's going to have to be ridden, ridden more patiently. I reckon he's the horse that, um, with Export Man that's going to be hitting the line hardest late. Oh, he's. Uh, I am amazed by the price. I've had something on the on the whole, BJ. Uh, I'm with you. I've got serve, uh, success play. Sorry, as a. Uh, a clear third elect, uh, Chrissy Parnham sticks. Everything you just said is, is bang on. His run on the 21st of November in the Crystal Slipper was one of the more eye-catching runs of the two-year-old season. Um, they simply weren't making any ground that day, especially early in the day. And Chrissy Parnham, um, 
yeah, just sived his way through the field and you knew that they had a real horse on their hands. So forget he went round first up. That's That was the wrong ride, the wrong – not the wrong ride. It was just the wrong race shape that he had to sit. He was just basically, as you said, a horse sandwich mm. and it just didn't um, just didn't work out for him. I, I'd be very surprised if he's not running top four or five and he's yeah. up to $10. He's up to $10 a place with a few of the agencies. So if you're not someone that likes to hop into the uh, the even money pops and um, and hop into Snipperucci, this is clearly on a place-heavy basis um, – you're probably it's probably your biggest overs numerically in in um, in that sense for those looking to play something outside the market. Um, yeah, besides that, we'll just better mention a couple of the other state of power. I thought it was a really nice trial and then a really nice run. Probably one that's going to go under the guard a little bit for yep. Simon Miller. Um, going to go around about forty to one. I think it's going to appreciate the twelve hundred as well. Yes, very, yeah. very much. So he's eight, eight bucks a hole there as well. I think I think that's well over the odds. If you're again looking for a bit of value, I tell um, you, uh, I tell you, one horse who we haven't spoken about is uh, right down the bottom, number fourteen. Oh. Be optimistic. Finally, with, with a uh, with a Mister T K Layton in the ownership, you've got a runner in the Magic Millions. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, we do, we do. Um, I do think she might be just making up the numbers. We were we were pretty happy with her first up run. We were pretty happy with her trial before that. Luke's got a big opinion, but um, went good first yeah. up, Terry. I'm not just uh, yeah. pulling your chain here. No. I, I actually think that that uh, the horse of Mike Sandwich has just uh, just sort of dragged you out of the race in the three wide line, and I thought her last two hundred was really good. So. Yeah, that's what Sean O'Donnell said to yeah. us post-race. Uh, things just didn't pan out for us, uh, unfortunately. In running, she hit the line nicely. He was keen to be aboard her again. Um, but, yeah, we, we were hoping to draw a gate, and we believe we were a top-five chance because we do think we've got a really nice two-year-old on our hands. But from the gate, I presume, we'll just be taking a hold going back. And um, I guess we'll be hoping that it's a cold rail and horses down the centre of the track, and that's that's how our miracle will occur. But Wet track. Yeah, we'll, we'll be 300 to one and you'd, you'd want every single bit of that to be having something on. So I've marked that. Uh, what have I marked my horse here? I've marked my horse 300, yeah, 300 to one. So um, <laughs> I, I, re- I reckon I might get some of it. So if she, I'll be, I'll be having something on, don't worry. Cause I, uh, I've got a pretty small brain in that sense. But, um, <laughs> no, very, very, very keen. I can't stress how keen I am here on, um, on Snipperucci. It's not my type of bet. Marked $1.58 and um, the $2.30 or so that's currently around. Very, very keen. And uh, like you, BJ, success play represents the biggest value um, if you're looking for something outside the market. Uh, 10 bucks a hole, 40 odd a win. That's that's great shopping, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, great. mate. So Snipperucci jumps, rails, leads. Scoots away. Good luck. Good luck. I think she wins by. I I think she wins by a margin too. Okay, and um, just want to shout out to the uh, the the crew in Export Man. So most of these guys are. uh, There's a lot of uh, Albany um, personalities in this horse. Now I think they all got together for their first horse was Red Can Man. And now their second horse is Export Man. So they've uh, they've obviously got a few lucky charms on the go down there um, in the land of milk and honey. So good luck to all those guys. But they've uh, they've had a bit of fortune here with uh, lobbing Red Can Man, and then they've uh, landed straight into another nice horse in Export Man. So appropriately lads, named lads, as well. <clears throat> I was going to say the lads don't mind a frothy, clearly. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the second of our features, the Magic Moons WA three-year-old trophy. This is now worth $200,000, 1,200-metre contest. Uh, so Gemma's son was the winner of last year's 
Magic Millions two-year-old classic, and he looks like he is on his way to becoming the first horse to win both the two-year-old and three-year-old Magic Millions classics in Western Australia. Terry, Gemma's son, he looks the white horse, he looks the map horse, he looks the class horse. Will you be supporting him or will you be looking to get him beat? Uh, I think I'm the only person in um, in WA that's going to look to try and get him beaten. I think he'll obviously be extremely popular with what he has uh, proven that he can do throughout his two-year-old season and later um, and his three-year-old season too, obviously. But um, I don't know. I know I know he missed the kick for Matty Derrick first up, but just I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, BJ. But was he entitled to do a little bit more in the straight? Was it was he entitled to come home a little bit better than? Um, then what he did was he entitled to come home. He's finished alongside Red Inferno. Um, I didn't think there was a huge amount between the runs. I, I don't know. I don't know. Tell tell me. I'm, I'm fully aware he's the weighted horse. He's an 84 rider. Next highest is 67. So they should be getting um, 17, eight and a half kilos uh, off him. But um, I'm just not convinced coming off the six, seven week break from an 1800 meter race that he's going to be at his you best. You don't like that, do you? No, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, to be honest with you, I'm hoping he trades. So this is one of those ones where I'm going to, I'm sort of hoping Betfair moves in a certain manner. I've, I've spoke to a few other punters. Um, I've spoke to the McCormick team, actually, BJ, uh, Scotty and Pete, and they've both got him around about the dollar sixty. Um, mark here. So I'm, I'm well, they, on, uh, on weight ratings, weight class ratings, yeah. he would, he would be uh, huge, yeah, wouldn't he? Big so. time. He is big time. He is big time. But I'm just, I'm just hoping that he, uh, that he isn't at his best. But I'm, I'm mainly hoping here that he trades around that dollar eighty, dollar ninety mark late, um, which allows us to see a price elsewhere. There, those, the top three in the market: Gemma Sun, I see red, I see red, and Island Charm are all coming from the same form reference, and that that produced a pretty big number. Um, data-wise. But, I mean, we do have to have queries. That's that's Island Charm that's won that. And Island Charm didn't just win. Island Charm won like Winks. Smoked him. Um, smoked him. I know the horse in the breeze laid off badly, but Chrissy Nickel was still at her from about the 500, and she went away. He sat up late. Like, it was a very soft victory. And, I mean, Island Charm was coming out of an Albany maiden victory before that. So... I've just got some queries. I mean, I see red, I see red. I think it will go way better with the shades on. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't lead and um, Champagne Diva doesn't take a sit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what the tactics are, but I think that would make sense here with the shades on. But, I mean, you've got to still remember, I see red is coming out of uh, a Kalgoorlie maiden victory. That's that's all he had won in the past. So, um, look, I'm just going to – I'm just looking at a point of difference here and I'm going to wait for Betfair. But the horse that I want to have something on and um, – I don't know if I'm um I might be I might be going down the wrong path here. I've marked Outback Jack six dollars uh, seven bucks. Sorry, seven bucks in this race. Uh, point of difference horse. I thought all of his trials around the thousand meter mark have been super. Um, I know that they've got ambitions to get him up to the mile and beyond, and this wouldn't be his major aim. But um, I think he has a little bit of gate speed. I think he's got the ability to not have to go back to dead last from barrier nine. I think knocking off She's Enchanted, who I think is a pretty big scalp in a recent trial, suggests he's going really nicely. And I'm I'm just keen to look at a point of difference runner, and I, I don't like any of the other runners. I don't like keep your feet. Um, I can't have surveillance. I can't have any of the other runners. So for my point of difference runner um, is really outback Jack here. So I, I'm going to probably buck the trend of most and um, and look at backing out back Jack each way, BJ. All right. So I'm with the index cards. Index cards suggest 
according to Peter and Scotty McCormick. Shout out to uh, those two uh, big supporters of the 1-1 podcast. Uh, I'm with them. Gemma's son, I think, um, last year's, obviously, as I said, last year's two-year-old classic winner. I think he's just going to win the three-year-old trophy on Saturday. He... um, I mean, go through his form last prep. He's run fourth in a Belgravia, beaten a length. He's run fourth in a Lestier at Wait for Age, KC, Red Can Man, and um, Kimantari, I think, ran third. Um, then he's had no luck in a Guineas from gate 12. And then he just he ran out of his skin in the 1800 meter Kingston Town Classic. Comes up against these horses, as Terry said. Uh, Outback Jacks won a couple of midweekers. Icy Red, Icy Reds won a Calgary Maiden, and um, you know, and Island Charm was quite very impressive. Obviously, when she won that lead up thousand meter race to this, so you would imagine if Gemma's son can tap into his peak form. Paul Harvey is a huge booking going on board. I feel as though they're going to be super aggressive with Icy Red, Icy Red blinkers on. It's going to sort of crash across. Find the rail in front. Gemma's son doesn't have to lead to win. He can he can track that. I see red. I see red. Speed in transit, and just at the set weights, he just he just looks looks the one stands out for me. I was a flat even money. Gem, Gemma's son, I reckon. Are he'll we win. are we three back the fence here? Who Gemma's son? Yeah, Champagne Diva is going to be quicker than Gemma's son first. 50 metres, I reckon. Uh, I see red crashes across leads. Champagne Diva leaders back. That puts Gemma's son three back the fence, potentially. I'm just, just potentially throwing it out. That, that's how it could eventuate. Potentially. That's if in a strung outfield, though, yeah? Is that what you're suggesting? Uh, I'm just trying to work it so it works for me, to be honest. No, no, no you're right. Because, I mean, he could end up in the breeze, really, if he... If he yeah, if he, very, yeah. He very much could. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder if after a series of high draws... Um, going back and running on that they might chance their arm a bit with keep your feet on Saturday now that he's got race fitness. Uh, he's drawn directly outside Icy Red. I wonder if they're going to pu- push forward and maybe track it across and land outside leader. Anyway, that's that's another interesting part of the map. But Because um, if they go back again, he's just going to be running on into a nice fourth and fifth again, uh, I would have thought. So maybe fourth up this prep, got a bit of hardness about him, a bit of a grand final they might – have a throw up the stumps, as Simon A. Miller likes to say. But um, for me, I think this is all about Gemma's son. Um, I reckon that 240 is a good price. Tell you what, BJ, I hadn't uh, considered that to be a possibility, and I reckon you might be bang on there. That's uh, Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I think they probably will, will roll forward. As you said, the reason I couldn't consider keep your feet is the fact that he's just been plodding to the line and I couldn't see him going back and beating these horses, even with William Pike on. So, um, no, I like that a lot. That's uh, That's good mapping. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. But, we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so, Gemma's son for me, Keen uh, Terry is going away from that and looking at an up and comer in the form of potentially Outback Jack. Who, yeah, mm. admittedly, that was a really, really good. That was a bloody good trial, and for him to gun down, she's enchanted. Who is no slouch, very sharp um, mare, um, Philly mare, uh, was uh, was good work, really good work what? heading into this this first up assignment. What am I going here now? So I'm backing Outback Jack, and I'm I've marked Outback Jack seven bucks. I've got Jemison longer than everybody else, so that's obviously affecting my price here, BJ. Um, Outback Jack's last four um, two ninety, two twenty five dollar ninety dollar seventy, albeit smaller fields, weaker fields, obviously. 
Uh, Brad bet went up 21 bucks. That was an easy decision for me um, to get on what we can there. But I, to, to complete my bet, what what price do you have Outback Jack and when am I diving in for Outback Jack here, BJ? I'm, I'm not sure if the 11 bucks currently around is the best I'll see. And I suspect if we see that Jemison money, I might see better. What have, what have you got, Outback Jack? $12. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. So it's probably it's probably touch and go. I think I think waiting he was, for the exchange. He was my third. He was my he was my third elect outback Jack. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. The uh, but yeah, uh, Luke Fernie has got blinkers on. I see red. I see red. The blinkers went on that trial. Looked very very sharp. They saved it for uh, grand final. So they're going to be taking no prisoners out in front. He was my second pick. I see red. But Jemison mm-hmm. class. Uh, gets him well at the weights. Paul Harvey back on board. It's going to elevate significantly, and I think it's just going to be too good for him. Very good. I think the majority of WA will agree with you, and I think what the majority of WA will be looking forward to after the Magic Millions three-year-old event, BJ, is the get-out stakes. They certainly will. S-T-E-A-K-S. Very Still good. To think about it every single time. Tell me about the Get Out Stakes. Who, who sponsors this lovely event? Well, everyone's going to be very peckish for some succulent mm. gourmet steaks from Market City Meats um, after this Marathon 10 event Magic Millions program on uh, on Saturday. But, yeah, the extremely popular Get Out Stakes is brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets. That's on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show, swing past, say good day, have a chat to Timmy. His team will look after you, that's for sure. Congratulations to episode 61 winner Robbie Spence. With uh, He locked in the appropriately named Time to Sizzle and uh, Robbie went in and grabbed his, uh, his uh, Group 1 stakes from Timmy Hewitt during the week and no doubt he'll be whacking them on the barbecue this weekend. So um, congratulations, Robbie. And um, that was actually a bunched finish to the Get Out Stakes last week. So that's this is where the two decimal places are very important, Terry. So just a reminder... When you enter the Get Out Stakes for this week, it's race 10 at Pinjarra on Saturday. Let us know who you think will win the race and two decimal winning, uh, two decimal points. Also, send that through to us at the11pod on Twitter. And then, yeah, you can be in the running for some uh, some of that gourmet beef from Market City Meats. Remembering the Sam White rule, Terry. First in, best dressed, BJ. I forget, what, what? Did, what did Riley say last week about the first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready for that one, was he? <laughs> Threw him under the bus there. But, yes, Sam White. The young fella. Sam White rule. Don't forget. I have forgotten, BJ, to, to read out a couple of the young fella's bets in the two-year-old Magic Millions. So um, we'll chuck those in now. Go for it. Um, so Tommy Johnston uh, has had 85 places. This is his last bet. He's just going the two bets. 85 places on a horse that uh, hit the line very nicely. Probably a bit stiff not to beat. Hoyan last start. Actually beat, sorry, success play. Home, uh, the horse that we don't mind at a bit of value, and that's Serviceman. 85 places on Serviceman. Uh, and Latham is uh, is back. He might have been the one that took my um, – I laid a few for this race midweek, and I laid Pixie Chick at 30 bucks on the um, on the exchange. And uh, that's the way Latham is going in this race. Barrier one, Pixie Chick, David Harrison, Kira Yule. He's got 10 bucks each way on Pixie, uh, Pixie Chick. So good luck to the lads. Mm, he's going for the right camp there, isn't he? So, D. Harrison. So, uh, all righty. Race 10, the get-out stakes. 
fascination, this one. We see the, I guess he's probably one of the most exciting horses in WA at the moment, last of the line. Uh, five wins from his seven starts, backing up after another very high rating 1,400-meter win at Ascot last Saturday. Has his first crack at a mile, goes from 57 to 54.5 kilos after winning gate one. Um, I imagine that all eyes will definitely be on him. The market will focus on him primarily. The interesting runner of the race is part-owned by our man Pistol Pete Antonitz, resuming rising star staying mare Montalina. She won what she went four straight to finish her Belmont campaign, has been out of action for 154 days, but she couldn't have been more impressive in her lead-up January 25 Lark Hill trial win where she zipped past not to be missed and Bogart in that 950 showed plenty of um, spark fresh, um, did Montalina. And um, I imagine there's going to be people who suspect that Montalina might be able to knock off last of the line. Um, what are your thoughts on this particular, on the get-out stakes anyway, Terry? Well, from a speed map point of view, it's it's very sticky, isn't it, BJ? Yeah. Um, juicing carrots from 10. Harry Thomas is probably the only natural front runner in the race. So Harry Thomas, you'd suspect with the claim, um, they'll just peel across in the 53 and a half and roll along. That will be the intention. I suspect that's what will end up eventually. Carleen, Carleen um, looks like the uh, the pacemaker for the eight races on Saturday, doesn't she? She, so. cer- she certainly does. Yeah. She certainly does. I like when we asked her in the mounting yard last week, so what's the uh, what's the plan with Newhead, um, Carleen? She said, go forward. <laughs> two go words. Forward. That's, she said, yeah, that's it. She said, two words, Terry, go forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all we needed to hear as well, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, actually, she was she was a breath of fresh air. Actually, Carlene, very positive. Was, it was it was, was. Uh, good interactions there in the mountain yard. She was she was good pre race and post race as well. So she, she certainly was very she, professional. Uh, very professional and, and and thinks about her rides a lot. And um, yeah, she gave us some good feedback post race about where where we can sort of move going forward. But back onto this race. Um, Harry Thomas is the obvious speed horse. So look for Harry Thomas to, to glide forward. Um, I think you will find in uh, in Barrier 2, Juicing Carrots be ridden aggressively uh, if you can get out the gates, but there's not much other speed here. Last of the line from Barrier 1, probably I think what they've got to do with last of the line here is if they've, uh, they've got to say to Ryan Hill, just jump out the gates, roll along happily, and if you're not taken on, just lead. Yeah. If you are taken on, just just take the back of the leader. Don't don't end up three back the fence in what could be a slowly run. Don't, don't take a hold. Don't take a hold. Don't yeah. you take a hold and let a horse like Superior Smile jump in front of you, and then Harry Thomas takes on Superior Smile, and you end up three back the fence on two slow horses back. Trouble. That's when you're going to find trouble. So trouble. be aggressive. Leaders back at worst, the last of the line. Um, she's a light, can be ridden closer to the speed, but they rode her cold last start when successful. So I reckon they'll look to take a hold and settle midfield with she's a light. Tollman, um, Tollman can settle first few. There's a lot of horses that like settling first few with cover, but. Um, but none that will be too keen to race without cover. So, look, I'm. Uh, it's not a race because of that reason. I don't want to get too uh, enthused about uh, the race that much. You know who I'm expecting, BJ. We're going to see some um, aggression from, and I just, I just, you know, so you just get a feeling you're going to see a little pearler. Mm-hmm. I reckon we're going to see a pearler from W Pike here on Friar Rest from Barrier Ten. I reckon that we saw Friar Esk on the 28th of November and the 26th of December. They like to keep this bloke's runs well-spaced. Um, we saw really good gate speed from a horse we've never really seen it from before. Last start, wide gate. Um, Pikey knew there was some speed in the race, so he took a hold. 
Um, and he went straight back. I'm expecting them to be a little bit more aggressive here um, and look to race in the first few. So how that ends up eventuating, I don't know. Um, but I'm expecting Friar-esque uh, to run a pretty big race closer to the speed here. BJ, um, as, as we've touched on, pretty hard to go past last of the line. Just keeps getting better and better and better. Placement barriers. Uh, Ryan Hill rides absolute gems. Start after start on this bloke. Um, it's just about backable prices here, really. What do you um, think of Montalina? I'm, I'm happy taking on Montalina first yep. up um, at the mile. Trial was really good. All her runs last campaign were really good, but she didn't beat much, and they were in semi-suitable races where she could build into it. She's now an 82-rated mare that has to run up, uh, come up against some really tough, strong, fit types first up. Um, I think they're going to just let her fall out the gates and run on. They'll be looking at Bunbury and Pinjarra Cups, I presume, BJ, yep. would be the yep. plan. Um, yeah, she can win if all goes to plan and, and, and she's the last horse standing, Chrissy Parnham gets the right trail. I'm not saying she can't win, but, um, she's one I'll definitely be, uh, be happily happy to take on. Tollman gets a three and a half kilo weight swing and should be fitter for the last meeting against last of the line. So that's a, that's a pretty notable weight swing. Um, I still think last of the line's got more improvement in him. So I'm not going to be taking him on with Tollman, but, um, I respect people that will be backing Tollman there because that's, that's just, Simple weight ratings. I presume Pete McCormick will be one that finds um, finds Tollman there. Um, How, and then you got Luke's gold. Yes, Luke's gold. Luke's gold. Who I one thing I don't understand here is the gear changes. As Luke's gold didn't need gear changes. Luke's gold just needed. Luke's gold just needed a better ride. <laughs> um, like Luke's gold has copped has copped four. Well, it's copped four. Five, five shockers in a row, to be honest. They led, they sat deep, uh, got held up, made the wrong move. Chrissy Nichol got held up, rather made the wrong move. Chrissy Nichol, and then just got a bit keen on Joey as a party last night, last start, sitting deep the trip. So, um, how did it, you know, how did it still run third last start? Oh, uh, well, if you go back God, to it, uh, go back to his win six Jesus starts ago. God. Yeah, he is. He, he's super tough. So he's, he's not impossible here either. So, um, uh, this is a, this is a cracking race, BJ. I've, I've got last of the line, what $2. Price? What price? Forty two dollars forty five, um, last of the line six dollars sixty Friar esque. So, to be honest, I'm 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 probably looking could back the pair. I could back the pair potentially, but then well, I'm not riding off Montalana Tollman Luke's Gold. I, I could back the pair if I'm I could back Friar esque. Place heavy each way. Uh, it's not a race I'm I'm super super keen to get involved in. But um, you have noticed I've laid She's a Light one of my bigger lays. On Betfair this morning. I don't know if you saw that little tweet earlier, BJ. No, I missed that one. Uh, she's about six fifty, so I've put her up uh, ten bucks. So I've given a big chunk above the current price. Um, so there's some there's some good uh, good numbers for she's a light available on the Betfair exchange this morning. And if you miss those tweets, that's because you haven't uh, done the notifications mm. settings to alert oh. you for when the guru sends his tweets out. So um, if you're a Betfair player and uh, you like to get involved in Terry's lays then, uh, yeah, you can never miss his tweets. Just uh, make sure you change your notifications. Um, yeah, for me, I was 240 like you, last of the line. Ryan Hill rides this guy so confidently. I don't think he'll be making any mistakes. Last Saturday, was it Christy Bennett on Cryptic Love, improved three, week, uh, three wide and tried to put him in a pocket? Boy, uh, Boy Hill didn't panic. He just knew how strong and how well his horse was traveling. He just gradually shifted cryptic love, got out into the clear and um, ran to the line. Another super fast 1,400-meter time. That's two in a row. I don't think the mile is going to be an issue. Looks really well placed on the quick backup by SJ Miller. He Obviously, he's on a steep 
incline, last of the line. They're talking Pinjaro Classics. They're talking Bunbury Stakes. If he's going to measure up to that quality, then he's just going to simply get the job done on Saturday. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty obvious for me. Uh, last of the line. If um, I think he's just going to be too too good again. The interesting runner for me. Especially from a um, Pinjaro Bunbury Cups point of view, is um, the top weight Divine Shadow. He ran three absolute crackers in the Coolgardie Boulder and Kalgoorlie Cups. There was only three runs last prep. He's a he's a really decent horse. Um, this won't be his race on Saturday, but look out for him making ground alongside Friar Esk with a pointer to the future. But for me, I just think uh, last of the line is a horse going places and he's just going to continue on his merry way. 240, there's a bit of 280, 290 around with the corpse at the moment, Terry. All right. And uh, what have we got here? The final bet for the kids, Riley Dot Morgan. Uh, race 10, 20 wins. Toll man, he likes the weight swing. He must have borrowed Pete's, uh, Pete's index cards for this one. He's backing Toll man in to cause a bit of an upset at around 10 bucks. Okay, very good. Good luck to all three lads in the uh, Rising mm. Stars punting series. All right, Terry. Now it's time for our Betfair Best betting propositions on Magic Millions Day. Terry, who is your Betfair Best? Short but sweet, BJ. Race eight, number five, Snipper Rucci. Anything, even money or above, I'm uh, I'm happy to have a, a full stake on. Okay, yes, the uh, the favourite for the two year old classic, Snipper Rucci. She does look a standout. So my bet fair best is uh, race six, number ten, Indigo Blue. That's who I'm going mm. with as my best bet fair best betting proposition of the day. What's your Maddie Terry? Ah, uh, my Maddie. Well, I'm going to – I know it's a $20 rule. This one's 17 at the moment. I'm expecting we'll see more than that. Um, I'm going to allow myself to go with this one because this one I'll actually – I might even be uh, tipping. I'm quite uh, quite keen we can get a race out of race number five, uh, number one, Luke's choice. Um, expecting – hoping a three-wide line with Carleen. And, um, yeah, I think he's been a bit stiff first and second up, flying for the new stable thin race. Happy being on. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, it's going to need a bit of <laughs> – this one's going to need a lot to go right to win, obviously, with the um, with the favourite, the uh, the obvious standout. But for me, I felt as though in the Magic Millions 2-year-old classic, that success play was well over the odds. Currently $41 best available. I reckon he's going to run on into – he's going to challenge strongly for a top three finish. Look out for him launching late. Uh, success play. He's my Maddie for the day. Yeah, I if I would have felt a bit silly having my best and my Maddie in the yeah, same race. But yeah. uh, that that would have been the uh, the Maddie had Snipperucci not still been a very backable price for me. So uh, my lay of the day, BJ, I've already, as I said, I've already chucked up She's a Light and, and Michelada. Probably happy taking on Giant Leap too, but I'm a little bit wary that I'll be guts in comfort me. So making Giant Leap my lay of the day when the race could be running that way probably doesn't make much sense. So race eight, uh, race eight, not race eight, uh, race number seven, sorry. I'm going to take on um, number 13, barrier one, William Pike, Tommy Blue. Uh, I think $4.80 is uh, it's pretty thin for a horse. I don't know if she's come back uh, all that well, BJ. Okay. So uh, I laid kiss on all four cheeks last week. So um... – yeah, so I need to need to lift my game from a uh, laying point of view, and my best 
betting Betfair best wasn't much better to be honest but um we will rebound strongly no doubt my lay race one number one talon um 360 available at the at the moment um yeah i'm not i'm not convinced that uh about talon's uh genuineness but we'll find out on saturday there'll be scenes when the stable mate uh knocks off talon in the uh and the uh, the shades of the post, weren't there? Storm thief. I'm surprised that wasn't your Maddie, actually. Bet, bet. I sh- actually, I sort of forgot about it to be honest mm-hmm. with you when I did that. But I'm also, it's it's a difficult one. I got to. Uh, I'm yet to have anything on, so we got to. Uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> we got to have a little bit of uh, self interest. Yeah, a little bit of self interest. So anyway, that brings us to the end, BJ, of a uh, another edition of the uh, of the one one. 